Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Good day listeners and welcome to the Tennis Points Advisory Podcast, where we talk about gameplay tips for that sport game, Tennis. So Vic, what would you do when your opponent deals you with an upper-handed back smash? If you don't start telling the truth, young man, you'll be getting an upper-handed back smash yourself. <laughs> or, or what about a dainty lob? You are a dainty lob on. <laughs> we are the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Welcome, listeners. My name is Victor Marland, alias Vertvic. And I am Sean Holly. How are you doing, Vic? Oh, I'm a bit tired. It's been quite, quite sunny, quite clement weather in the uk today and it sort of wears me out a little bit we've been out with a silly dog running around like a blue assed thing and uh, mm. yeah it's been all right actually not so bad uh so yeah pretty good actually been playing a few games been rewiring a few things bits and bobs stuff which i'm sure we'll talk about in a minute what have you been up to what you've been doing uh, some stuff stuff uh, before before we carry on, I've got some addenda and errata. Well, you better just nip that in the bud right right now. Addenda and errata. Addenda and errata. They're not going to be happy, are they? We'll we just nick their theme it. tunes. We nick everything else off then. Yeah, we do. Yeah, the new Rampage game that I was talking about last time is not a gun game. It's a joystick game, so it's like the original. Oh, I thought... You know what? I thought it was a bit weird when you said that. Because mm. it, it, it would kill the... Well, obviously, the new, the new film has got... You know, big monsters smashing up houses and, and flats and stuff. So yeah, I thought it would have been to the original game because what everyone remembers. That's what the nostalgia is about, isn't it, for the for the film? Yeah, I disremembered. So that's what I, I have put in our notes. You are a sack of spherical objects. Right. Yeah. A, a bag for balls. Of balls. Yes. <laughs> nice. So then, what what have we both been up to? It's usually what we get on with. Shall we just just do that? Go on, you do that. You do your bit. Me first. I've been up to a few things. You've got loads of stuff on it, which is good. Um, I have been all sorts of arcadey bits and bobs, but one of the main things I've been doing lately is made up a... I got that MIDI cab, didn't I? Remember that Electrocoin MIDI from the, the raid I went on a little while ago and picked it up? Yeah. Well, it's a bit big for my arcade. Even though it's only a MIDI-style cab, it's a lot bigger than the little ISIS cabs I've got, which are tiny. And it sort of looks a bit out of place. And because where the, the screen angle is and the light's in my garage, you can't really see the screen very well. Just because it's quite a small garage and lights are right above you. So I decided to let it go. And Alex was looking for a, a jammer cab because he's been wanting to play some jammer games. And I sort of said to him, oh, you can borrow my, my rescue. I was going to sell him my rescue board because now rescue is on the Scramble Stern multi-hardware. Yep. But the thing is, I can't let it go. I said to him, look, just borrow it indefinitely until you get a kit of your own. But I can't sell that rescue. I can't. I've just got to keep it. It's got so much <laughs> nostalgia and, and sentimentality for me, the way I got it and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to keep hold of it. But Alex is borrowing it for now. But 
he wanted a panel made up for it because they had a single player panel and for rescue you need two joysticks obviously yeah so what I did is made him a two joystick panel which uses player one stick and player two sticks but I put three buttons in the middle so it's it's jammer set up as well so you can just use the left hand stick and the three buttons to play normal games in it when he puts a normal game in there no that's good so that's the way I sort of do it so I've done that for him um I did it a new way because you know that material I used to make the panels for the Dino Kings. It's sort of like a, it's a very thin sandwiched piece of perspex. Is it Edam? Like, uh, no, it's not Edam, but it tastes. That's got holes in. It's quite cheesy, and when I do put holes in it, it's quite cheesy. Yeah. So I did that. I got hold of some of that, and what I did is I took all the buttons off another panel and popped it on top of there, and I used a heat gun to heat the plastic up on it to make it bend easier. And it did actually do the job, but what it did as well is it, it pulled the laminate off. It sort of un, it unstuck the glue. It melted the glue, and that sort right. of came off. But it did do quite a good bend on it. So I've done, I've done the panel and, and given the machine to Alex, but I'm not happy with the panel. It's not brilliant. So what I'm going to do is we have got some aluminium at work, which should bend quite easily if I just do it in a vise, a couple of vices at work, and you know yeah. strap some thicker material to it so I can just pull it over carefully so it actually bends evenly. So I'll do yeah. that and make him another one because the joysticks are a little bit far apart for the for the buttons because on rescue you need a button as well for the bomb button and what we normally do is use the right hand thumb button and it was a little bit far away so I'm going to make mm. him another one in in the, in the meantime so he's going he's been playing that anyway he's, he's delighted with it he really likes it and um, I was at a meet at his house yesterday he had a few people around quite a few people actually it was really nice a lot of people turned up and we were playing some of the games he had sheriff on the go sky skipper. Uh, Donkey Kong. His Donkey Kong Jr. was down. We did have a quick look to see if we can fix that. I think there's something wrong with the monitor in it. Yeah, another um, Sheriff upright table. You know, the, the big, the tall tabletop he's got, the really weird one. He had that. Yeah, that went to Revival a couple of years ago. Yeah. He had yeah. his red tent on, which we played Balloon Fire on, which is absolutely brilliant. That's such a nice machine to play that on. He had his yeah. space launcher table, and he also had a Helifire table. Have you ever played Helifire before? Only in MAME. Is that the submarine thing? Yeah, apparently it's absolute dog poo in MAME. But when I played it on the oh. real machine, it was real fun. I really enjoyed it. But oh. there's, there's a few, I think there's a few a little spot effects missing, he said. He thinks some of the, the, the sound effects are missing on it. But the, the, the game was playing okay, and it sounded pretty good when I was playing it. And I was a quick go of it, and it's, it's a really nice little game. It's kind of like sort of Space Invaders, but you can move up and down as well, up half the screen. And. It's, yeah, it's a bit of an odd take on the sort of shooting, kind of fixed shooting type of screen. And the machine's really nice. Quite a rare machine. There's only two in the country, I think. So that was, that was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I played really badly on Donkey Kong. If you don't play Donkey Kong regularly, you get really bad at it, or I do anyway. Yeah. I was, I was pounded. I only got like 70,000, which is awful. I should get That's at least 100k. Rubbish. I know. Absolutely no terrible. near my top score, that Vic, of 52,000. Yeah, but I did beat my personal best on on Rescue, on his cab. I got 67,000 on it. That's pretty... What did we get on the podcast? We got a lot less than that, didn't we? I think it was about not even 40,000 when we did it. But I, my previous best after that is 58,000. So I smashed that with 9,000 points more. And nobody nice. beat it that day. I was really pleased about that. It was way back on Podcast 9, where Alex got 29,550 and Victor got 39,125 points. So that's a little sort of uh, little incentive for Alex to try and beat that, because he's pretty good at it. He's, he's a 40-odd 40, 40 thousand point player, I think, on that one. Mm. Great, I had some hot dogs there. I ate hot dogs. Very nice. 
Anything sausages you like, don't you? I do like sausagey things, yes. Yeah. Uh, yaps a lot to people. Loads of people there. You oh, or the dog? Oh, I did. I wasn't with the dog. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we all had a load of stuff in his car that he got from some warehouse, Taito warehouse. He had all these control panels, and it was a lot of fun going through those. And he had about yeah. 15 million coin mechs for some reason. <laughs> I think the boxes he got were like a lucky dip. He didn't really know what was in the boxes. And the first box was like full of coin mechs. And I thought, oh, they're useless. Nobody uses them. I think people do use them sometimes. But then we said, oh, what's in the other boxes? And we were just sort of joking, oh, more coin mechs. There was two more boxes of coin mechs. Oh. There's loads of them. The thing is, they're set to 20 Belgian francs, which I don't even <laughs> think right. they use anymore. Oh, <laughs> I'm not no. sure if Belgium are on the euro or not. But they can be adjusted. Because all mm. the coin mechs were actually, they had British stickers on. I think they're made in, in Oldham, Royston... Coin mechs that is nearly right. everyone in the UK has done, but I think you've got a there's a little adjuster at the bottom with a little sort of little uh, like a little pointer on it, and you move the pointer to the different digits and it changes the weight mechanism. Because I think what those used is when you put the coin in it, it weighs the coin as you put it in, and if right. the coin is the right weight, it lets it go into the coin box and hits the coin switch, the, the credit button or the credit switch, sorry, to let you play a game and if it misses it just goes straight through and comes out the coin return it's clever how it works it is isn't it? i think yeah. you just set the different things for different um different different coins but it doesn't actually say on there which coins are which so you just got to try every single one i think so that was quite fun the, the it had loads of these control panels they're all new old stock brand new never been used god yeah so they're for cocktail cabinets mm. so they're, they're really nice nice condition stuff they might look nice, mightn't they, on on certain cabs, even if you don't use them properly. Yeah, because those control panels is what um, a lot of Japanese cabinets used to have. Is even the cabaret machines used to use the the cocktail controls because they're quite small. Mm. So it'd be quite nice to do that sort of thing with them. I, I might, I do have one. I did have one. I had to because they were new and they look lovely and shiny and buttons on. So I had to have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to make. I might make a wall mount with it one day. Not just yet. But I will keep hold of it, and I've got that in my mind. Because I've got... When I got the wood made up for my dig dug that I'm making, which I've still got to get get on with, I had... Because I had to buy the whole sheet of this black-backed wood. I had to buy a whole sheet of it. I got them to cut up uh, a shape of a wall mount machine, which I'm going to do for the future. I do like the wall mounts, but at the moment, I haven't got room for them. So I, I am going to keep my wall mounts. They're all in storage. Mm. And I might make a, a wall mount machine. I don't know what yet. Maybe just a kind of Space Invaders kind of thing. Yeah, you can't really do... Is, has there ever been a four-way wall-mount machine? Four-way stick or eight-way stick? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, I've got Ladybug. Of course you have. Yeah, there's Pac-Man one, there's a Donkey Kong one. There's loads of uh, wall-mount machines with different games in. Loads of them. I thought it would be quite difficult to control because you're standing... It's You're standing sort of opposite the, up, that... up, opposite the lever, aren't you? It must be yeah, a bit but the, weird. The, the, the Ladybug one, the controls are flat. And you put your sort of hands inside it, and the, the screen's above you. So you, you've right. actually got a little a ledge sort of thing to put your hand on. Yeah, it works really nicely. Oh, that's interesting. I know what you mean, though, because with cocktails, they usually work better just left and right, because you're sort of leaning over, and they're sort of mm. opposite you, not, not flat. But a lot of the Japanese-style cocktail cabinets, the controls are flat as well, and they stuck out from the machine. I was talking about wall mounts, sorry. Yeah, but I mean the cocktails as well. But yeah, the wall mounts yeah. usually have got the simple games in the Space Invaders, the you know that sort of thing. Yeah, I've got a feeling Moon Patrol was in a wall mount as well. You know, 
Ooh, that'd be good. But that is just left, right, and a button, isn't it? Two buttons. Yeah. Mm. Other stuff I've been up to, I have been beating some personal bests on a lot of my scores lately, and yours, which delights me. Let me just give myself <laughs> one of these. I have been uh, playing, um, got 25,000 plus on Berserk Slow Bullets, on that little Berserk board I've got, the FPG, FPGA. I got 22,000 plus on Turtles, which you knew about when I looped it that time. Yeah. Turtles. I got 17,220 on Frogger. I've actually beaten the 16,000 barrier that I've been trying to beat for ages on Frogger. Yeah, that beats me, that. And I've saved the score as well, because it's on the Stern Konami Multi hardware setup, so it saves all the scores as well. I got... Oh. This one This one really sticks in your throat, which I'm really pleased about. I got 271,300 on Raiden. And I got to level <laughs> 3 for the first time, and that's a shooter. It's a shooter. I think I'm about 240, 250 on that. There's so many different versions of Ryder, isn't there? There is. There's different territory versions, isn't there? I'm not sure if they mm. play any different or not. But they, mine... They, do, they are different. Even the bad guys' placements are different. Oh, them, are they so. really? Yeah. But they are They are on Ryden too, anyway. I know you can get like a Korean version and a Chinese version and Japanese version, American version... Mm. I'm not even sure what the one... I've only got one Raiden board. I've got two Raiden 2 boards. But the original Raiden... Uh, ooh, I'm not sure if it's a Fabtech one, which is the American version. We'll have to have a look. But yeah, I did it. I was playing the other day and I got really far in it. I was quite pleased. I love well Raiden. Done. It's a good game. And nearly 90,000 on Stern Scramble. You know, the harder oh, I version. Think, I think that's beat me as well, you git. I think ooh. I've got about 75, something like that. That is such a hard version though, isn't it? It's really it's great, hard. Though, it's really good, uh, and it's much more challenging. I think if you play that and then go back to Konami Scramble, you'll double your points easily. Well, we, we can get quite a lot yeah. more than that, can't we? I think my mine's 260,000. You're 310 on the, on the Konami Three, version? Yeah, 320-ish, I think. Yes, yeah. good points. Yeah, that was Lovely quite fun. Game. So it's been nice to actually play a few games and, and get... I don't know what it is with me lately. It's been playing well for a change, which is nice. Oh, yeah. do you listen to the Retronauts podcast? I did a long time ago, and I completely forgot about it until you've mentioned this here. Well, I, I've got them on my podcast list, whatever it does, and it loads up the you know the different podcasts, and they do quite some varied podcasts. They do all sorts of console stuff, computer stuff, arcade stuff, and I don't listen to all of them because some of the stuff doesn't interest me that much because they might just mm. you know focus on Metroid or you know castlevania or something or games i've not really played not really that interested in but they've been doing uh, the history arcade history of namco which i'm very interested in from their beginnings in the late 70s with uh, gb until yeah. they got to 1982 and then obviously continue it later on very interesting very good that podcast because they're, they're all professional games writers the people on there got people mm. like ben edwards edwards on there who's a very well-known writer of video game stuff I have downloaded it. I've not listened yet. So, yeah, if people aren't listening to the Retro Noughts, they should listen to those because some good good quality podcasting on there. So what have you been up to, old son? What I've been up to? Last night I went to the Batcave, the Blackburn Retro Games Night. Street Ooh. Fighter Alpha 3 was the featured game. Oh, that's a good I'm, one. I'm not into my fighters. If, if they don't have enough players to play the games, you know, to play the knockout tournaments, I join in. But normally they do, and they did last night. It's a popular game. Yeah, it's a good so one. I, I was, I was a, off in the wings playing Sonic Wings. <laughs> Sonic Wings Special on PS1. Uh, is that a Sikio game? Yeah. Well, it's Video System, which was Sikio spawned off of Video System. Nope. 
you can tell by the fonts. Awesome, lovely fonts. Nope. Oh, 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 talking about Sikio. Yes. I, you know, I said last podcast, I'm going to go on MAME, put mm. on just the manufacturers and play some Sikio games and see if I like anything, because I think I hate all the Sikio games. Yeah. Not true. Do you know what ones are quite good? Go on. Gun Barrack, which yeah. is um, sort of like an Arkanoid type of game, but I think it uses the, the characters from Gunbird. It's got the little girls in it and stuff. Oh, I don't think I've played that one. It's, it's quite a fun little sort of pinball-y type Arkanoid kind of game. It's decent. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you play it originally with a spinner or a joystick. I'm not sure, but it's a good game. Uh, Load Runner. They did a version of like a slightly more modern version of Load Runner. Did they? I didn't I know I do that. like Load Runner. It's quite a sort of jazzed-up version with nice graphics, but it's good fun. Uh, the one you talked about, Space Bomber. Yes, is Silly it, Steve mentioned that, didn't he? Is it like a kind of Space Invaders? I can't remember now. I've wrote it down on my little pad here. Yeah, it's a bit sort of funky, cute, cartoony graphics, a bit yeah, of Gallagher kind it of thing. It seemed quite there. fun. You know, it wasn't rock hard difficulty with a lot of secure games are. Oh, and the one you did mention, Tengai. Seems yes. bonkers, but fun. I might have to get that on the Switch, maybe. I'm not sure if it's a different version on the Switch, a newer version, or is it the same as the arcade? But yeah, it was decent. So you've got four games that are good. So in the future, you can pick one of those games. So not any of them are the like traditional style vertical shooter ups that I like Sikio for. Yes, there's a reason for that because they're plop. <laughs> right. So what else was I doing? Yeah, playing Crimson Clover and Mushy Himasara on a big pro- Mushy Mushy Himasama, sorry, on a big projector screen at the Bat Cave. Mm-hmm. I know they're modernish games, but it's still it's still a retro night. I had Crimson um, Clover on. The Type X setup I had. You had that sort of hacked version of Type X, so you could play all different games on it. That had Crimson Clover on that. I think you played it here. Do you know that fake butter that you can get called Clover? Yes. If you leave it in the sun, it goes crimson. I think it just goes melty. Yeah. It'd be good, though, if it went crimson, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) This is is what I have to deal with, listeners. Mr. Holly (laughs) talking about melted butter. Uh, Our butter's melting. What, what else were you doing? It says here something yes. about a Commodore 64 Donkey Kong remake. Yeah, very good. It was on a little tiny PVM monitor, but the the graphics were not completely faithful to the original, but they had kind of a, a character of their own, like Donkey Kong had a kind of a... Um, hat? I don't know, like a... No, not a hat. Like a, a nice a, pair a, of stripy trousers? A cartoony style face. Really good. Really well done. Did it use um, the original Donkey Kong code? Because I've, I've got, I'm sure I've got a Donkey Kong or a Donkey Kong Junior on the Commodore 64 that someone remade. And they used the, the arcade code. But obviously, I don't know. different it, graphics yeah. and sound for it. It plays exactly the same. You know, that, that sort of technique on level two, well, the rivets level when, it's, yes. when it is level two. Yeah. That, that works. You know, the way you do the original. The weave. Myth. Yeah. Yeah, that and can you works. can you do the jumping on his foot to get the I extra didn't points? Do that. I've never never done that anyway. Because the one I've played can do that, so it's really faithful to the original game. It does. It does look it. It looks yeah. Just there. I bet it is. It, yeah, it's very good. Anyway, mm-hmm. guess where else I've been? I've been to Blackpool for an arcade reconnaissance mission. Oh yeah, did you go and see That's... Mr. Tronads? Was he lurking under a bridge somewhere? No, he lives in Fleetwood. It's a bit farther up. Oh, I thought he lived in Blackpool. No. Oh, okay. Next town, well, two towns up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, South Pier 
Blackpool South Pier, I've got some new videos to hit the UK in the last few years. So they've got the Walking Dead gun game. With, mm. You actually use Daryl's shotgun on it, not shotgun, crossbow. A crossbow? You've got to lo- yeah, you've got to load it. It's very weird. Oh, how do you load a crossbow in an arcade? Because usually they wouldn't this. have so many parts that get broken and stuff. You usually just you know, move it away from the screen and back again and it, it loads no, it's itself. Like a lever that you a lever that you pull back quickly. Mm. Mm, it's weird. Luigi's Mansion. I played that. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It's it got a right. Hoover, a vacuum cleaner, hasn't it? There's two buttons on the on the Hoover controller. Yeah. Is it suck One and of, blow? I don't blinking. No, I just I, I just died immediately. Oops. Put I, two quid in. Didn't know what I was doing. I saw that at the is it the EAG show a few years ago. Nice cabinet though, mm. but uh, yeah, a bit too modern for yeah. our, our tastes. Pump It Up Prime 2, 2017, then Ooh. dance machines. Oh, is it not, is it not a, um, a, a blowing up your tyres at the at the garage type simulator? Pump it up. It could be. Yeah. No, it had, it had dance pads. So oh, okay. Did was. you play it? Did you Did you get is there video footage of you playing it? Please tell I've me. I've got a video footage. around me saying, go Baldy, go Baldy. No, I didn't play I was it. saying, go home, Baldy, go home, Baldy. I thought that was it. Yes. Jurassic Park Arcade, which I quite like. I think it's one of the better... Is that a shooty or... It's a gun game. Yeah, they're sitting, all it's gun a... games, aren't they? I know, they are. You sit in this little closed booth, and it's got... It must be a deluxe version of a vibrating... A vibrating seat, and you're shooting, shooting them triceratops things right in face. I like dinosaurs. I couldn't shoot them. You could if they're trying to eat you. Maybe. Yeah, big birds in it. That Space Invaders Frenzy, which not the is massive quite, one. Yeah, it's quite difficult actually. I think I'm not too keen on that one because it's more of a gun game again, isn't it? You shoot it the Space is. Invaders with a gun. I really like the massive Pac-Man Galaga because it stays faithful yeah. to the original game. And there's like two player versions of it, which are quite fun with another person. I haven't played that. I've played the big Pac-Man. I haven't played the big Galaga. Oh, you should look out for it, mate. They should have it in maybe one of the modern arcades. I would have thought. Mm. Yes, very, really good, really good. And they had Storm Racer G Deluxe, which is an older racing game. Well, 2016, I think. Is it just about rain? I, f- I didn't go on it. I went on it last time I went. God, my memory is so bad. I think it's one like a wave race type of thing in the water. Okay. Whoosh, whoosh, yeah, they're not shot. bad, those whoosh. ones. Mm. I went to Coral Island as well. I was only allowed in two arcades because my wife said we had to stare wistfully at the sea. Absolutely. You've got to do that at Seaside. Did you have one of those knotted hankies on top of your head? No, I didn't think of that. That would have been good, wouldn't it? He'd look like a Gumby. Are you the brain specialist? Oh, what? (laughs) Oh, it's um, Monty Python. All right. And in Coral Island, I played the new Daytona USA, well, Daytona Championship USA, and it didn't like... Who says it don't impress me? Like Shania Twain said, it don't impress me much. Was she player two? Oh, it would have been nice. Did you crash into her? (laughs) But I was never into the handling of the original Daytona. There was some I just didn't quite like. I preferred Ridge Racer and Outrun and that. I suspect her car had like sort of leopard print on it or something anyway. Don't I? So how many many linked up was it? Was it like four or eight together? Just two. Oh, right, okay. Because normally yeah, you see Daytona's in eights. So if you've got a big arcade, you see them in, like in eights, and eight players can play at the same time. 
Well, anyone sort of that knows Blackpool and Coral Island knows that their arcade section has been shrinking for years. Oh, shrinking. Yeah, I'm sure. So it's just in a little corner now. There's a massive gambling bit, casino bit. Oh. The redemption bit is massive. And then they've got a couple of pubs actually inside the venue, you know. Oh, wow. So we stopped in there for pints. What I want to know, though, is that the gambling bit and the redemption, can you win cans of beans? I'm not sure. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that high end, to be honest. (laughs) Just when Penny chews or something. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, Sega have released a definitive version software patch for Daytona. So I think there might have been a bit of negative feedback when it was released. Oh, really? And it's supposed to have improved car handling and graphical updates, etc. And I bet. I bet the version I was playing hadn't been updated. It was all right, but it didn't feel great. And I had one race and came first. It was like, uh, yeah, it's only like the beginner level, but you shouldn't do that. It shouldn't be that easy. Well, if you've never played it before and you just do it and complete it, it's set too easy, isn't it? Maybe it's just set for Kiddy Winks. I think that first bit was, yeah. Mm. So are there any retro arcade games there? Any older stuff? The oldest stuff, there was Rambo. Do you know Rambo the gun game? Oh, that's not old, old. Not our old, is it? No, that's like late 90s, I think. Oh, was it really? Um, I thought it was a 2000s, that game. That was a Raising Storm game. Yeah. There's one of their massive, I don't know what they are, it's like a massive bank of blue lights, and you stand in front of them. Yeah. I don't know if you hit them or headbutt them or back, I don't know what you do. But it's a rhythm game, but it's huge. Oh, never heard of it or seen it, I don't think. I think it's called Huge Blue Banky Light Machine. Yeah, Huge Blue Blanky Light Machine 2. <laughs> Revenge of the Blue road. Lights. <laughs> okay. And that's what I've been up to. I'll tell you what, it's Bank Holiday Sunday, and me and wife went out, was going to go out to a place in Yorkshire called Hardcastle Crags, right? Right. And it's a lovely little walk around an old wood and there's a mill there and everything. And we couldn't even get anywhere near it to park. It was that busy. Oh, because of the bank so, holiday, yeah. Yeah, so we came back out, tried to park in Hebden Bridge. No parking in Hebden Bridge anywhere. Oh, wow. Signs up, bank holiday, no parking. So we just came home. Do you know what? It's totally opposite here. We went to Richmond this morning with a silly dog to let him run around mm-hmm. in, in the Richmond Park, obviously on his lead because he's a bit mad at the minute. And we thought, oh, we'll just go into one of the, the pubs we like there, the Prince's Head, and do some good food in there. And we thought, oh, we're never going to get in, are we? Nobody in there. I think everyone was either sat on the on the, the park in the sort of uh, square or just sat on the grass having picnics and stuff, or they've all gone away for the weekend. And there was no one in there. It was glorious. It was wow. excellent stuff. Nice. It's the, it's the opposite in Yorkshire. Mm. Everyone, probably everyone's gone to Yorkshire from Richmond, I think. That's what it is. Could be. It's a lovely place. Mm, yeah, Yorkshire's nice. I like Yorkshire. Arcade news. And the first one is from UK VAC member Cobbin99, who I don't know. And he sent us a game, or there's a gameplay video on YouTube and cab footage of Nintendo's Radar Scope, which I've not really played that much. Have you ever played Radar Scope? I quite like it. I, I like really? it better. Than, I like it better than Donkey Kong. But, but it's because Shut it, up, Holly. It is a shooter. Yeah, and it's a shame because the artwork is great. It's typical Nintendo artwork of that time. Yeah, it's you nice know, the control machine, yeah. control panel and bezel just look fantastic. It's a shame there's not many many of them left. I didn't see in the video. I didn't notice. Is it one of the original shaped ones which had got the sloped fronts on it that are different to Donkey Kong? There's I'm a slightly not sure. different cab, and that's the original early one. I'm not sure. I didn't notice that actually. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. 
Oh, Mr. Phil Murray. Just let me, just let's sort, just preempt Phil's name by going. Phil, Phil Murray. Murray. Phil, Phil Ping Ping Murray. Murray. No, Phil Scramble Hardware Murray has yeah. released the next version of the Scramble multi-hardware software, which I have a board of. It now includes Rescue and Tasmania, and they are both awesome games. I've been playing them loads. I did find a small bug on the bonus point score on Rescue, because you know, you remember when we played Rescue, when you get shot at from the other helicopters, if you're picking a guy out of the water and you're being shot at, it comes up underneath, Rescue Under Fire. There's a risk and reward thing. And when you get you finish the level, you get extra bonus points for picking the guys out of the water when you're being shot at. Because it's more dangerous. I can't hardly remember it. And I told Phil about it. And he said, okay, I'll look into it. And within a day, he'd found out what happened. He'd used a certain portion of the code to do something with the high scores, because it saves the high scores as well. And it had nicked that bit of the, the position of the code or however it works, I don't know. But he sorted it within a day. How cool is that? Well and then done. he wasn't just he wasn't happy with that. He also released another couple of games on there. He released Minefield and and uh, sorry, he released Minefield as well afterwards. And then within another day or so, he sent me a message saying, "Oh, I've just put Anteater and Armored Car on there as well." Mm, which are could nice. well Anteater we keep threatening to do on the podcast, don't we? It looks interesting, yeah. It's a really original game, and I think it, I have played a little bit of it. And I quite like it, but we'll reserve that for when we actually play it. But he also said to me quite quickly, because on that version, when you have to do certain updates to it, normally you just change you just change the code on one of the EEPROMs, which is really simple to do. But other times, he has to change some of the sound and graphics hardware, uh, sorry, software, and you've got to yeah. reburn five chips in, in total, which doesn't, it's not that difficult to do. It's quite easy. But you've got to take the sort of bits apart, and it takes a little bit longer to do. No problem, though. But he said... Don't do that just yet. Smarty Martin has found some bugs in those new games. I'll work on it and just do it when it's... So I haven't done it yet. So I haven't played Anteater and Armoured Car in there. But they're both good games. I played Armoured Car a little while ago on Main. It's decent. Nice little fun game. Mm. And and obviously Anteater we need to play more of. But I've also been playing a lot of Minefield on there, which is very similar to Rescue. And it, it is, is just as good. Slightly, di- Quite a bit different, actually. I've got like 70,000 points on that as well. It's a good game. Really good game. If you've got a twin stick set up, have a go of it. And I am threatening, officially, to be doing that in the future on the podcast. I really like Minefield. Right. So that's a twin stick setup we need, listeners. Twin stick and one button. Same as Rescue. Ideally, you need both sticks on the same machine. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So if you've got a two-player setup cab, that's probably the best way to play it. Yeah, but I suppose you could you could use keyboard and joystick, but that'd be a bit of a nightmare, I think. Maybe just two uh, joysticks on a main setup would do it, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good game. I really enjoyed that. So I'm gonna hold off updating my PCB until Phil's got that done. But at the moment, there are eleven games working on that, and we've got Stern Super Cobra, Stern Scramble, Stern's Turtles, Amadar, Frogger, Konami: The End, Rescue, Tasmania, Minefield, Armored Car, and Anteater. And I've That's refound good. love for Tasmania. Have you played Tasmania? You played that, didn't you? Yeah, we did it on podcast. I think you and Alex did it. I think me and Alex did it. It's such a great little game. I've been really into that. I got quite a good score because when you get to level ten, you get because the different the different creatures that come and get you, the different aliens or the baddies, whatever you want to call them, they're called the super whatevers after like the super eyeballs, the super cyclotrons, and you just get more of them on the screen. It's like five instead of three. 
I've been looping yeah. that quite a bit now. It's such a great little game. Really bizarre little game, but good. A good one. Mm. So that's a bit more arcade news. Oh, the Gallagher World Record has been beaten recently. Just when you thought you couldn't get any more on that. 6,056,490. Does that have a kill screen? I thought it did, you know. I thought it did at about 4 million. But maybe they're playing the, the slightly later version, which is on the, the Pac-Man uh, reunion. Is it Class of 81? Oh, it is, yeah. One of those. I think that had been bug-fixed, and you could go beyond level 256 on Pac-Man and Gallagher. I'm not sure. i have to read up on that one. But uh, Armando Gonzalez did it. Well done, Armando. Nice. Nice. There is talk and pictures of a, ne- a Neo Geo Mini. Right? Ooh, I was talking with some of the guys at Alex's Meet yesterday about this, and we're all in favour of it. I think it's definitely a thing. But it's, there's, it's, there's been video footage of someone playing it. Oh, is there? Right, the link I've got is it's just it's like photos. It's a it looks like a tiny little handheld with a stick on the front. But it's got its own screen as well, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's not one I, of these. It's not like the NES Mini and the SNES Mini where you've got a little tiny box and you plug it into an HD TV. This has got it's it's like a little tiny Neo Geo cab. It, it looks really cool. I don't know how well it's going to play with that tiny, tiny little control panel and even smaller screen. It but... looks decent. It and, looks cute. And Roger showed me... Uh, it was only a still I saw on his phone, but it was someone... Apparently, it was leaked from SNK, their offices, and someone was playing it, and next to him playing it, turned the other way around so you couldn't see it, was you could see a, a bit of red in the machine. So they reckon they might be doing the Japanese little cab version and the American cab version, because the American one was like a red-coloured machine. Yeah. So that'd be decent. Nice. I think there's like 40 games on there, but from what the list's saying is there's a lot of fighting games on there, which you would expect on an SNK machine. They would specialise in their fighters, didn't they? Yeah. But there's talk of being able to add games to it, to download them. So maybe you can purchase them at a later date, which is a very good idea. It's very cute. Well, these little things that you buy, like the NES Mini and the SNES Mini, there was like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 games on them, whatever. And they're non-upgradable. So what people did is they hacked them, illegally hacked them, which is good or bad, however you look at it. Perhaps if Nintendo had added a wireless on there or you know some sort of connection to the internet so you could actually purchase games and download them, you could have had more games on there, which is fair enough. But you know it's a nostalgia thing. People buy them for each other for Christmas. Oh, I know you had a NES when you were a kid, whatever. And it's a good idea. Mm. But it just was not upgradable. And people, especially like us, want to play more games on it, want to add stuff to it. And this is hopefully a winner and a good idea. I'm all for it. It looks a really nice little machine. I like it a lot, especially because it's got a little screen as well. Obviously a little it LCD, but it's still nice. It looks very collectible, doesn't it? It looks very cute. Um, it depends on the price, but I'm going to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, I really like the look of it. It just looks a nice little thing to play. So, yeah, definitely going to get one. If, if it is real, if it comes out, it does look that way, and I hope it is. I really hope it is. Mm. One more piece of news. Just before recording, I found this link to Glasgow Science Centre, and there's a event on called Games Mania, and I'm not quite Ooh. sure what it is. It's, it's 27th, 28th, and 29th of June, and they're 90-minute shows. Oh. On... I'm not even sure, but it's definitely arcades and 
consoles and computers. We should look into I've, it for next time. Yeah. Which yeah, I've just just got it just before recording. So okay. and there's a few few posts about it on Facebook. So we'll we pop should have link a look. In. And yeah, check it out yourself, kids, because we don't know what's going on, which is unusual for me, Vic. I always know what's going on. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. You are currently in a supermarket. Really. Anyone got any beans? No beans. Um, one last thing I just thought I'd mention is I went in the cupboard earlier to get myself a can of Diet Coke and I noticed mm. the cheese it's in there. It reminded me you're going to be getting those in two weeks' time. And you know why you're going to be getting those in two weeks' time? Revival. Because we're meeting up at Revival only two it's weeks away. It's going to be it's excellent. Going to be great. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait. I cannot wait. I need to just finish off the artwork on my Qbert. I'll be chucking that in the back of the car and zipping on down to uh, Wolverhampton. Is it Warsaw? I think it is, yeah. It's in Wolverhampton, yeah. isn't it? No. <laughs> is it not? It's a different place. Wolverhampton and Warsaw are different places, but Are you sure? They both begin with W. And they're both in the Midlands. They both talk a bit like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, broke it. You broke. Arcade pickups. Before I do my pickups, I'll just quickly yeah. ask you, have you bought anything lately? I haven't bought any pickups, but I have picked up two weeks of valuable life experience oh so, so last time we talked how profound i'm a lot wiser and i'm two weeks wiser vic your beard looks a little bit longer so a lot it's of a beard bit... stroking and thinking has been going on yes i may say some wise words just out of the blue and you'll be surprised is this amongst the sea of daftness you'll be talking about That'd be, that'd be mostly daftness. mostly daftness and tiny yeah. pocketed pocketed islands of wisdom. <laughs> yes. right, I haven't had that many pe- pickups, but uh, I bought a Ms. Pac-Man Turbo PCB for this week's challenge because my one was getting a bit flaky, wasn't quite working. I bought a jammer one. Doesn't even need a, a pack adapter. It's actually a jammer one. Wow! And it was very very cheap, and it came all the way from Greece. Really pleased. Mm. The, the seller sent it really quickly. It's really nice condition. It's packed really nicely. Excellent mm. value. It was really good. Oh, and the two new games for the multi-hardware, or there's actually three new games now, which is Minefield, Anteater, and Armoured Car. So I will. I haven't got them on there yet, but we'll be getting them on. I've got the code for it anyway. That's kind of a pickup, isn't it? Yeah, sort of. Uh... Oh, also, I'm not sure if we're going to do this now, because I've changed the cab around that I've got my Scramble multi-hardware in. I've got it on the two-stick one now, because Rescue and Minefield are on there. And they've got hex... I'm using like joystick, um, Nintendo joysticks on there, the little tiny ones. Mm. And they've got an eight-way gate on there. So when you, you, you push the, the joystick in a certain position, it goes, it sort of clicks into a little, into a little gate. And it, it yeah. works really nice on the four-way games. So I probably don't need my servo stick on there anymore. Because what also Phil has done to the code, you can attach a servo stick to the PCB. I think it's just two little wires you've got to add on. You can make a little plug so you can disconnect it. And it talks to the servo stick. So when you play a four-way game, it tells the servo stick to turn the joystick gate to four-way. When you want to play an eight-way game like Scramble, it turns it back to eight-way. How long does that take? Is it like a two seconds or something? Yeah, yeah, like? two seconds. Just goes, and that's it done. You can you can hear it, can you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can hear the motor going. Zzzz. I'm gonna have to look at that. I've never seen one of them. Oh, it is quite. It's good. Good to behold. It's nice. I've got it one on my um, Naomi main cab as well. But what I did on that, I did have it auto changing. You can do something in Marla software to do it. Yeah. But what it was doing is some of the some of the 
the descriptions of the games were incorrect to the game. Mm. And and what it happened doing is, in the end, I changed it to make it a hardware switch. I've got a switch on the cabinet. So when I want to play a four-way game, I just physically switch it to four-way, and it just goes, and it changes itself. So I, I can change it myself. Because some four-way and eight-way games do better the other way around. Because you know, like Kung Fu Master is actually a four-way game. But yeah. I prefer to play it with eight-way. Just mm-hmm. just, pr- just personal preference, really. And I'm sure there's other games that are quite, not quite right as well. So yeah, I changed it over to a physical switch. But Phil has made the software actually do it for you if you attach a survey stick to it, which is brilliant. That's so much easier than opening the front of the opening the control panel and changing. Oh god, the messing around, yeah. Because yeah. what you'd have to do as a control panel is unbolt it from underneath or move the clips, fold the thing out, undo the screws in in the the gate because usually they're screwed down. Shift it over, screw it back, up, and then just reverse all that business. It's been a nightmare. That's uh, what I've had to do, Miss Pac-Man, yeah. Yeah, some of the little pickups I got just yesterday, not in the notes, is I got a, I got a Nintendo joystick off Alex, because I want it for my little Nintendo ISIS I've done, to play Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. and Space Fever. And it's got an authentic joystick now, which is really cool. Are they rare, then? They're not rare, but they're, they're quite well, they're expensive, I suppose. Uh, there is repros. You can buy repros. They're quite expensive. You've got them from America. Because they only mm. came on the sort of Donkey Kong style machines, uh, they also came on the Versus machines as well. All very similar joysticks, but they're mm. nice little they're, they're little joysticks, and they feel quite wobbly and weak. And they but they play yeah. really well. They play really nicely. You wouldn't believe it, but they play really nicely. So I've got one of those. I've got to do it up a little bit. I've got to clean it and screw some of the the switches down. And everything. Make a little make a little gate for it. It's got a gate missing off of it, which I can actually make it work. So I remade Ollie Muddy Music some gates a little while back, so I just used the same program to make myself a gate for it. So that's quite nice. Uh, what else did I get from Alex's? I got that control panel from Oll, uh, which I'm going to perhaps make into something one day. And I also yeah. got a 14-inch monitor off Bonehead Steve, who was at the meet as well. He brought some monitors down, and they're old quiz monitors, but they're really ancient monitors. He has no idea whether they work or not, but he gave them to me. He gave me one for free, and I think Rog had one as well. So hopefully I can 14. use a 14-inch monitor, yeah, because one of my machines I've got has got quite bad burn on it. When One of the machines I had an Arkanoid on it, and it's got Arkanoid burn really badly. You can see Taito in the middle Arkanoid, and it's got burn the other way round, where a game was played horizontally as well, and it's got burn. It's, it's got two lots of burn. <laughs> so it is quite bad when you play games. You can actually see it on there, so especially if you've got light colours on there. If you've got blacks on there, you don't really notice it so much. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I can change... If, I, if even if I could use the tube, if the tube's compatible, it'd be nice, and it's better tube. So I don't know. I have to try it out. But thank you very much for that, anyway, Steve. It's a free freebie. Mm. Yeah. So there's little things there. Listener feedback. The first one we've got here is from Ian Davis. Davies, howdy, chaps. I've been tardy on the feedback front. Smirk, smirk. Fantastic fod- podcast as ever. Ghouls and Ghosts is an unplayable piece of s. Asterisk, asterisk, T. Ooh. Shame, because the graphics, sound, level design, etc. are great, but it's just too hard, harumph. I'm in the market for a cab, and I've finally got somewhere to put it permanently, so happy days. Did you, in the mystic days of yore, do a buyer's guide for cab virgins with an overview of the most common types and the pros and cons, etc., etc., etc.? If not, I think it would be a really useful feature, he says self-centeredly. Any road up, that's it. Thanks again. P.S. David Sylvian's bandmate, the late lamented Mick Khan, used to wear extremely strange buckled shoes to go with Dave's Deirdre Barlow glasses. This is from Ian, a.k.a. I am the Starman. 
Well, Ian, I'll just answer that quickly. We did do a buyer's guide for a jammer machine a while back, didn't we? A long time ago, quite a few years ago now. Yeah, yeah. So I think I did just briefly remember, I think when I did it, I did a guide for people who could only have one or maybe two cabs, you know, sort of limited space and, you know, to do with changeable control panels, rotatable monitors, all that sort of stuff, and the kind of cabs, the cab over the cocktails, over the, the candy cabs and the full-size stuff. So we did do it a long time ago. You have to sort of go through the back catalogue. I'm sure in the notes on the website, it probably say what we did. So that's probably the easiest way of finding it, I reckon, mm-hmm. unless someone can remember it. I'm not sure. We did do it. Yeah. We did do it. I think you might have done most of it because I wouldn't have said anything that was of any use on that front. I'm sure you would have put forward your carefully thought out opinions. Yeah. <laughs> and probably something to do with biscuits or cheese. Biscuits. I've not mentioned biscuits for ages. Biscuits. There we go. Oh, bis- I, I, I tell you what I did. I did have a, one of these McVitie's milk chocolate thins. I think Cine Steve brought to the Alex's meet the other day. And they're yeah. quite nice, but they're very thin. So what you do is you just get four at a time and eat them yeah. like that. And it's just lovely, normal. That's like a cube then. Milk chocolate cube. Are they, are they square? No, they're round. Oh, that's moving. That, that's stack them on that. top of each other and just nom, 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 nom. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, Mark Sharples has been in touch. He says, Twin Pines Arson Podcast made me laugh out loud as soon as it started while sat on the train waiting to go home. People on the train gave me an odd-looking stare. Keep up the madness, boys. Brilliantly funny. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Stereo Deluxe. This is Bill. Hello, fellas. I've just listened to all your podcasts back-to-back up to number 89. Sorry about that, Bill. It's been crazy listening to you for four years of Crazy Game Antics flyby in just four weeks of real time. I'm still nine months behind you, but I shall catch up soon. I spent my youth in arcades during the golden age of 78 to 84, before I was lured away by pubs, music, and the opposite sex. I always loved the old games, and around 1994, I bought a cabinet for 80 quid, delivered from a dodgy Essex geezer. I didn't even know if it worked until I plugged it in. It was a slightly tired Asteroids cab, which had been converted to Salamander. Ooh. Me and my mates played it regularly after the pub, great 90s memories. That is a bit of a sad thing, isn't it? And a, a, a classic cabinet asteroids being converted, but then Salamander is a really expensive game. So if you got the Salamander board in it, that probably would have done quite well out of that. <laughs> uh, when it came to sell my house, the buyer agreed to buy it if I included the cab, which I did. I've been a main user since the early versions when it only played around 60 games. There were no front ends. Me too. I typed in commands to start games. Nowadays, I play a Raspberry Pi with different versions of MAME through an old CRT. I'm messing around with those servo sticks at the moment. I always play along with your featured games, even though I'm months behind. I've discovered lots of old games I've never heard of thanks to you guys. That's enough about me. Sorry for rambling on. Love the show. Hope you keep it going for a long time to come. If I see you at Revival 2018, Warsaw, not Wolverhampton, I shall say hello. (laughs) Stereo Deluxe. Cheers, Bill. Thank you. Tagster has put the Time Pilot Monroe stick discussion was making me laugh, and he's put a picture. You know, he was on about cut the balls and work the shaft. Yes. Oh, misses. Bjorn Wambi. Oh, sorry, Bjorn, if I'm going to ruin your last name, but Bjorn Wambeek. You were laughing with the perfect positions of the buttons on an arcade cab, but what setup best works for a multi game arcade? I actually replied to Bjorn on the email he sent me or whatever message it was he sent me but I shall address this here I think 
to play lots of different games on a cabinet, the best thing to do is like we were just discussed earlier about the perfect cabinet to buy for a new user. It's one mm. where you can turn the screen around. But with MAME, you don't actually have to turn the screen around. But it's always nicer to fill the screen up with a vertical or a horizontal game. Yeah. So if you can turn the screen easily, it's much better. But maybe uh, for me anyway, because I'm, I'm an engineer and I can make panels up quite easily, especially if they're flat ones. Bent ones are a bit more difficult, but making flat panels for me is easy. So one that I can actually change a flat panel over quite quickly is the best way. Because you can make a panel with one joystick in the middle and buttons either side or two-player joysticks together or you know, twin sticks set up for Robotron type of games, rescue type of games, trackball set maybe, maybe one with a spinner. But you can just in and out with a, with a, a control panel rather than having everything rammed into one control panel. There's nothing worse for me than seeing a multi-game cabinet with like two joysticks a trackball a spinner mm-hmm. 18 million buttons on it it just looks awful i'd rather have for my personal preference is a different control panel, a clean easy to use control panel for each different type of game but normally if you've got one stick in the middle and three buttons on the other side that usually does a lot of games anyway or if you've yeah. got a, a two button a two player setup a stick three buttons either side you can still play the twin stick games on that and a few buttons or play two-player games. That's what, for me, it's better to have the actual different changing control panels. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it would be the ideal world, that, isn't it? But yeah. Go for it, go for it, go for it beyond. Anyway, G.G. Harris, G.G. Harris is put, blimey, governors, better late than never. I think this is because we was a week late on the previous podcast. Yeah. Bring yourselves down, down the east end, and there's a nice slap at meal and drink for you. Afterwards, my two fellas, Reggie and Ronnie, will look after you, as you know what I mean, sons. Is that about them, them guys that kill people? That's sort of near my, my sort of area. I don't want to end up with concrete mm. boots on in the Thames. You? No, not mm. really. That's... That's sort of a, a a give with one hand and take away with the other. Yeah, GJ. If sausages are involved, but then concrete boots, I'm not that keen. Would you still, would you put one concrete boot on for a lot of sausages? Probably. <laughs> That's not a sentence I thought I'd ever say. <laughs> John Day. Thanks, Sean and Victor. Super detail on the Tower Plan podcast. Great listen. That's a while back, isn't it? We did that one. Yeah. Yeah, we need to do that again, you know, but it does take a lot of work to cover a company, doesn't it? Yeah, I think Namco would be a good one. Mm, Which ones did we do? We just done Nintendo with Alex, didn't we, on his last podcast? And we yeah. did, you did Toa Plan. Yeah. Have we done any others? I can't remember now, you know. No, it took, it, it took absolutely ages. Maybe if we did certain eras, say like tight, early Taito or early Konami or something like that, you know. Yeah, that'd be know. quite good because those manufacturers and Namco, they've all got some really brilliant games. But even a professional podcast like the Retronauts, they've had to do Namco in different parts because there's so much history involved there of the arcade side. So yeah, mm-hmm. well, maybe do that one day. We'll have to sort of do it as a, as a, as a, back, a back burner kind of thing. But we've got so much on anyway half the time. Yeah. So it does difficult. I have, I have it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean a professional? We're a professional podcast, Vic. <laughs> oh yes, yes we are. Yes, yes, definitely. Anyway, Rose Robert McNally Rafferty has given us a link to the page that explains what was going on in that Dragon's Lair in a browser thing I was on about the other week. Yeah, 
and it's it's a, a Cody type of site. Ooh. And now now it doesn't work. So someone probably has had it taken down. Ooh, what a shame. Oh, yeah, because I think Dragon's Lair is still an ongoing thing, isn't it? You can still buy the ROM packs for Dragon's Lair to play legally. Yeah. So maybe it's because of that. Robert McNally Rafferty, isn't that a guy that did Baker's Street? Oh, ex Mosquito. He did that 42 times. My God, was he not bored? We said. Yes, I was. Very. And so, my friends who came over the Friday night and sat there while I played for four hours on Ghouls and Ghosts when I should have been drinking beer. I don't know how Charlie Foss sat in one spot for seven hours for his Mammoth Galaxian run. My neck was in agony after just four hours. Great episode as always, guys. I was going to get one of those OK Baby cabs before I found my Astro City, but the guy in London was asking silly money for it. I'm sure Sean is going to love it. Having a nice cab in the house makes you want to play more rather than sitting at a desk playing on an LCD. For me, anyway. Keep up the great work, guys. Loving the podcast. Mm, thank you, Mark. Eric Banana. Go on. Have a banana. Go on. Do it. Ooh, have a banana. banana. I love that bit. Nice podcast again, guys. Gotta say, I have to listen to these about three times as your voices seem to send me off into a sleepy torpor. It's like listening to a couple of late, late night, night local, local radio, radio DJs. DJs at and now here's the Carpenters singing. Oh. World, the world is love. I'd like to teach the world to see. What, what did they do? I don't know. I hate the Carpenters. I really hate oh, that. Oh, she had a silky smooth voice, a beautiful voice. Did Karen or Carol Carpenter? Dave Carpenter. I don't do you know. She, had, she did a wicked sideline of rocking chairs. Did she? Sal <laughs> Pugliarisi. <laughs> hey, guys. Ms. Pac-Man was my go-to game back in the day. For me, it was all the game that yielded the highest playtime per quarter. I poured countless quarters into that machine, and it was the only game in the arcade I could routinely draw a crowd with. As a young, skinny nerd, it was one of the few things I could do to impress the young, skinny nerd girls. They loved the junior intermission, and were amazed to see levels where the power pellets had no effect. My first thought when you announced that would be playing the speed-up version of Mrs. Pac-Man's sacrilege. This was not the game I grew up with, but I figured I'd give it a shot. Well, it turns out it wasn't as bad as I expected. I'm guessing they released a speed-up hack to squeeze more quarters from the kids, as the hack generally provides more game time, stroke higher scores. Thanks again for producing my favourite podcast, from Sal. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Sal. And that's it for the feedback. Thank you, kids. Mm. Shout-outs. few shout-outs, actually. Uh, Phil Scrambleman, we're going to call him from now on, Murray, for his continued support for the Scramble multi-hardware, bringing out new games for it all the time. Brilliant. Alex and the Arcade Goons is placed yesterday, on Saturday, at the Arcade. I wish I could have gone to that. I, yeah, it was I, very good. Very good. I did think about it, but it's a long way for one for one night. But Yeah, yeah especially over a bank holiday. All the roads would have been busy. I think a lot of people had difficulty getting there because they shut part of the M25. I think it was oh, an accident. Because I think Eric had difficulty getting there from Essex. Yeah. And there's, there's roadworks near Alex. It took me a little while getting there as well, actually. Right, my shout-outs are to the Backcavers, Retro Games Night Backcavers. Non-arcade people, really, but avid gamers nonetheless, a bit younger than me. And I've grown to know them and be friends with them after the three or four years. They will not be listening to this, but a shout-out to them, lads and girls. Tech tips. Oh, apparently we've got a tech tip. 
I've got a tech tip, and it's not a silly one. It's a proper one. Okay. It's not uh, it's not arcade related. It's a mobile phone tech tip, right? Right. An Android mobile phone tech tip. If you use Facebook and Facebook Messenger, you will know they use lots of your precious RAM in your phone. So I've discovered, yeah, and many other people must have done, but I've only just discovered it, Facebook Lite and Messenger Lite. Oh. So I've, I've installed these, got rid of the others. The memory consumption now is about 80 meg for both apps running at once on Messenger and Facebook Lite. Yeah. From, they were using 750 meg of huh? my 2 gig RAM for unknown reasons. Really? Yeah. That's insanity. I think it, it looks at how much RAM you've got and then just nicks 50% of it. Oh, my God, that's awful, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so these two apps, they seem to be working okay at the minute. Facebook Lite is like Twitter, where you've got to swipe down to get new posts. But as we know, a lot of Facebook is complete bollocks. Absolutely. I'm getting less but, and less enamoured with Facebook as it goes on, you know. Yeah, a lot the, of contro- controversy lately about that. Yeah, it's good for the little private conversations that you have. Like we're in three or four groups where we talk to people, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's good for and that. And it is good. It is good for that. Twitter, I suppose Twitter has the messaging system, but it's not as immediate as the Facebook no, one. WhatsApp's pretty good. That's a similar kind of thing. Yeah, I've already got enough apps, though. I don't want any more. Yeah, I know it what... is a pain, isn't it? The other day, someone sent me some information. I think it was actually Gordon King, Kingy from RGDS. He sent me a message saying, oh, have a listen to my band. And he sent me a link to an album that he's done with his band. I thought, oh, brilliant, have a look at that. And I sort of, I was on my phone and it was a zipped up file. So I had to take it on a computer and unzip it and put it somewhere for iTunes or whatever I'm going to play it on. And I thought, oh, I'll do it later on. I haven't got it on my phone now. I'll do it later on. And then about a week or so passed, I went, oh, Kingy sent me that music. I have to listen to that at work. And I couldn't find it. It was yeah. either on Messenger or Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or I don't know what it was on, a Twitter direct message. I've no idea which one it was. I had to sort of get in contact with him and say, Kingy, what, what did you send me? Oh, I've forgotten what it was. And he sent it to me again. But yeah, there's so many of the damn things. It's a pain in the backside, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I had to. I removed uh, the Twitter app from my iPhone because it, it was just yeah. using the battery a lot and it was just wearing the battery down in the, in the background. And you can't, I don't think you can stop that. So I removed it, and I just used the web version of it, and I just go on the internet and use it, and it's fine. But yeah, it, all those things, it's just... I don't know why mobile phone apps have to be so power-hungry and memory-hungry and just huge, and they always want to update in every five seconds as well. It's just... Is it lazy programming? I don't know. I'm not a programmer, but, you know, it's, it seems... I don't know what it is. Mm, not brilliant, are they? Twitter, yeah, Twitter's always been very light on memory usage, like 20 meg, and then Facebook's up to 750 meg. That's and then if, if you want to share something, if I want to share something that, on, that I see on my feed on 10 pence arcade, mm-hmm. you need something called Pages Manager, so you've got to install that as well on oh, top yeah. of the other two. I've got rid of that because it kept crashing. Yeah, so I, I can't I, share stuff. When I tried to do it, it would say to me things like, oh, there's been a, there's been a post or someone's made a comment. I'll go and look at it, and I couldn't find it. It was really mm. weird. It just didn't really work very well. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like no. it. It's it's it's. A, I know Facebook is free, so you've got to take. You know, you've got to sort of understand that they're trying to make money from it. But it's oh, it's such a bloated warthog. Do you know what I'm going to give Facebook? Go on. Oh, give it a parp. Parp. That will learn it. <laughs> Let's move on. Move on. Best games by year. 
this is our favorite games by year we've started in 90 well we started very early we've talked about the early games at what we call the bronze age and then we're in the golden age of arcades so we, our favorite games we sort of stole this from our dds didn't because they do they do specials on a certain year where a yeah. bunch of them get together they talk about computer games video games uh tabletop games stuff that happened in those years and we sort of nicked it from them we've guested on it ourselves but we're just mm. doing the arcade stuff, our own personal favourites of that particular year, and we're on 1983, so take it away, Mr Holly. Yes, these are what I think are the most important games of 1983, right? Astron Belt from Sega, the first Laserdisc game, the first, <laughs> which we played of Ian's lovely Astron, Astron Belt. Cat. Do you know what? I didn't play it. I that, did. That was at the Cambridge Museum, and Ian Ski. Our mate Ian Ski was at the meet yesterday. I was talking to him, and they're doing another meeting at the Cambridge Computer Museum in September. I think it's September the 1st. I'm definitely going to it. I am definitely going to it as well. It was, it was, I was just saying, because Ian, Ian Ski and Phil Nez for Life are basically the guys, I think there might have been some others involved. Sorry, guys, if I've forgotten your names. Uh, they, they sort of organised it, and it was an absolutely brilliant night out, wasn't it? It was a really, really good day. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm just writing on my pad, Vic, so you know what my memory's like. Yes. Book, book Cambridge. I'll have to do that. I'll have to book a hotel. Yeah, okay. That was really, really good. I enjoyed that one a great deal. Um, I was talking to Ian, and he said, oh, I'm not going to take all my cabs and stuff, because he took nearly all of his collection. And I think mm-hmm. a few broke down. It was hard work getting him there with you know logistics and stuff. He's going to take some cabs, though. And I think he said he's going to take his Astron Belt. And I went, oh, I didn't actually play that. And he said, oh, it's actually not a bad game. For being, you know, lazy because laser disc games are usually a bit rubbish. But he said mm. it's not a bad game, and he's actually got. I think he said he's got a kit to play Galaxy Ranger in it as well, which I've not played. I haven't. I think it was a similar control setup, and you can play that one in there. But he's got a kit for that as well. Cool. Mm. Right. So running through these 1983 games, you got Atari is still innovating in 80s. Oh yeah. Crystal Castles, which is a strange trackball-controlled 3D maze thing. Nothing like it. There's still nothing like it. It is a weird one. There's well, there's mm. one game called Flip Flop, which was an Atari Android game that did come out in the arcade as well. It's a little bit similar to it, but mm. I really hated Crystal Castles for a long, long time. And then one Nerg, I was playing with, I was playing the game with John Studley, and he showed me how to play it a little bit because he's quite good at it. And I like, I started liking it. It's quite a fun little game. I have actually owned a Crystal Castles machine before. They're gorgeous, then. But this wasn't the upright. It wasn't the full upright. This was a conversion right. from a kangaroo. It was a Crystal Castles conversion, a CCC machine, an Irish version in a Euro cab. And I right. got it, and I converted it back to kangaroo back in the day. But it was a full setup of it. It worked as well. It was really well. Nice. Donkey Kong 3 from Nintendo. That was quite an important release. It was a third Donkey Kong. I had to put this one in as Alex would kick our heads in. He would. It's he not would. really a Donkey Kong game at all, is it? Is Stanley the bug Stanley the bug killer. sprayer, but the Donkey Kong is the adver- adversary. He sort of chucks down things at you and all these creepy crawlies come and get you. It's actually a fun, cute little game. Do you think that Stanley invented the moonwalk? Because he runs from right to left, yeah. but he doesn't turn around, so he sort of moves backwards, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe he did. He invented the moonwalk. He, he doesn't get any recognition for that. No. Michael Jackson nicked it off Stanley this bug sprayer. I reckon he did. Good <laughs> luck with your lawyers on that one, mate. That's right. <laughs> yes. Dragon's Lair from <sighs> Cinematronics, the most famous Laserdisc game. There are others out in this year. It's Elevator not a game. Action. It's not a game, is it? It's, it's, it's a, a, a slightly interactive cartoon. 
yeah, people do love it though. It looks people and sounds it. gorgeous, but it's not a game. If you play mm. it as a game, it's absolute bobbins. But to watch someone play it well is a nice cartoon. Put it that way. And the I game never you, works anymore on original hardware. It just they just don't work. I think if you in the eighties, if you got your mum and dad to mortgage your house and you get under fifty p's, yeah. you could have completed it, just learnt it, and gone through it. I've got a feeling that was the first ever game I saw that was fifty pence ago. I think me too. Yeah. Because back then you were getting some games that were like possibly 20p for the new games and maybe mm. maybe a big moving, you know, say a sit-in game like Outrun Deluxe, maybe 30p. But that mm. one was 50p. I was like, no chance I'm playing that. No. The sne- the sneaky scamps. Yes. We have, I'm not keen on this, but we've covered it. Elevator Action by Taito. It is a favourite. It did make it into our top 50 games of all time. So I like it. I like Elevator mm. Action. It Admittedly, it's a bit rubbish, but I quite like it still. <laughs> I quite like it. You've got to admit, it's good. Gyrus from Konami, a, a beautiful game, a great sound, brilliant idea for a game. Uh, that game, I'm not sure if I like it or not, because I'm, I'm really rubbish at it. But it looks and sounds great, and when you see people playing it properly, it's nice to watch, but I'm just rubbish at it. So I'm not too, I'm not too keen on Gyrus. It's not a game I'd actually play. I leave it on on the 16-1, but I don't play it. Mm, yeah. iRobot, another Atari game, a trailblazer in 3D graphics technology. This was amazing. I, I ignored this, to be honest, when it first came out. I didn't know what was going on with it. But I appreciate it now. It, I'm playing it for the podcast. For what? Uh, it, very original, I think, this. It is such a weird game. Mm. It's, it's a really collectible cabinet as well. It's hard to find. There's not many around. It's a really weird cab. And our friends on the Pie Factory podcast covered it not too long ago. And it yep. is a really bizarre game. Mm. Play it, Have a go in MAME, kids, if you've not played iRobot. It's very weird. This is weird. Journey by Bally Midway. It had digitised photographs. I think it might, you know, the, the band's heads were digitised. Yes, the band Journey. Think- well, people outside of America might not know Journey that well. I never I really heard the, of them until I sort of looked into it. Don't stop believing they did it. They do that one. Yeah, that one became more popular recent, well, in recent years because it's on Guitar Hero. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's sort oh. of how I remember it. But yeah, I, I actually quite like Journey, and Journey was famous for having, I think, the first digitized graphics. But they're, they're, mm. they're, of the band members' heads on little characters, you you control the different band members to do different levels of the game, all completely different levels, but. The graphics are all in colour, but the digitised bits are in black and white. So it looks yeah. quite cheap how it's done. And it's a really odd, weird little game. I'm not sure what Bally Midway was smoking or going mm. out in the fields and, and picking weird red and white mushrooms. But something was going on there, definitely. And it's actually quite a fun little game, but dead weird. And it's also famous for having a tape, a cassette player in it that played the music. Yeah, through the speakers, which is a really rubbish idea for an arcade. But they just didn't last very long at all. Yeah, at least you could, perhaps you could change the tape and put like Megadeth on or something. Yeah, put Slayer on or something. <laughs> this is play for more. It's not Journey. Next one, Junior Pac-Man from Bally Midway, Ooh. the first scroll in Pac-Man before Pac-Mania. I it's quite really like it. I really like Junior Pac-Man. Yeah, and you can play the speed-up version of that as well. Yeah, so it makes it more good. fun. We'll probably do that one day. You know, we've done yeah. Liz Pac-Man now. Junior Pac-Man's another good game to play. 
It is one of my favourite games. Juno First, an incredible game. That's really good. Mad Planets from Gottlieb, a great control scheme with a, a control stick and a spinner. So you can't really play it in MAME. You've got to play it on the proper cab with a bass line booming out of you. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, great game. Do you know what we said earlier about mm. having a, a, a cabinet with different panels on it? I actually mm. own that game. I've got Mad Planets. It's on the Millstar FPGA board, which um, Qbert's on. Yeah. Obviously, Qbert is a single stick usually rotated. Mine isn't rotated because I, I use the, the diagonals on it. But I'm going to make a, an extra panel for that one day with a trigger stick on the right-hand side and a spinner on the left-hand side so I can play Mad Planets on it because that is an absolutely brilliant game. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's a lot of fun to play. A lot of it fun. It is good. We have, what's the next one? Major Havoc from Atari, a cult classic, this one. I, I think it's rubbish. I don't like Major Havoc at all. People really go on about it. It's a very, very collectible and expensive cabinet or expensive board to get hold of. I don't like it. It's very innovative. You know, it's it's vector graphics and there's different, there's a shooting level. There's an, a little bit where you can play, you can play breakout in a little corner on it. It's a platform game. There's loads going on, but I just don't like it. I don't see the appeal. And, and because it's such an expensive game, it, it brings the appeal down less for me. So I would mm. never pay thousands of pounds for a Major Havoc machine. And it's got a really weird control method. It's got like a roller. Yeah. It's got a roller. It's like a... It's not a trackball, is it? It's, it's not a trackball because it only goes left and right. And it like glows as well. It, it's like a... I don't know. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Mm. A rolly thing. Rolling pin. Roll, it's not rolling pin, is it? Rolling pin's a big long thing you flatten biscuits with. Is it like a third of a rolling pin? <laughs> third of a rolling pin controller. Yeah, I'm not keen on Major Havoc. I think it sucks, actually. <laughs> Next one, Mappy by Namco. Fantastic looking cab with that massive topper. Mm-hmm. This, I didn't discover this until one of them Namco Museum games, yeah. I think. Co- uh, sorry, compilations on PS1. Yeah, talking of, talking of sucky games, I hate Mappy. absolutely hate the game. I thought I liked it. Got to play it for the podcast. Absolutely hate it. Awful game. Don't like it at all. But as you said, the cabinet is gorgeous. Really nice looking thing. There is, like, watching Trollnads play it, there is a way to to play it really well. It's it's about grouping sure. the guy. You've got to know where everything is on the screen. You know, the, the baddies are off screen. You've got yeah, to have when, when it scrolls, you've got to work out where they are. I just, I yeah. really ended up hating it. Don't like it at all. Don't, mm. like, don't like it. Mario Brothers by Nintendo. The first Mario Bros. I have a wide body, I've written here. Yeah, the wide body cab. It was very similar to a Donkey Kong machine, but it was wider because it was a two-player game. I had to get mm. two players on there. I don't like the game because it's a, it's a skiddy inertia game. When you stop, you slide. And yeah. I have a real problem with games like, like Ice Climber as well. That's a similar game where you slide around. Don't yeah, like you're not it. Yeah, skiddy games, are you? It's quite a fun game, I suppose, but that, that, that part of the game really does bother me. I can't get into mm. it. Pole Position 2 from Atari, more of the same, but four selectable tracks. How many other races at the time, if any, could you select a track? No. I don't think there were any. I've got a feeling it's the first one. No, Le Mans from 1976 had different tracks. Mm. I've not really played much as Pole Position or 1 or 2, not for a long, long time anyway. I used to play on the Atari 8-bit computer because a friend of mine had a cartridge of it. It's great. Is Pole Position 2 exactly the same as Pole Position 1, but with extra tracks or does it change the the scenery or anything like that 
or I music think the car, or yeah slightly different graphics the cars are different color i think the oh, okay. first the, the track from pole position one is harder on this i think oh okay is that is that, is that fuji with a really long straight yeah i think it is yeah i think it's harder yeah. I've played. I think James Alva GP's got this, and the Publishing One cockpit is at Arcade Club. Oh, nice, nice. Anyway, Spy Hunter from <sighs> Bally Midway. I know we both don't really like this. I hate but... Spy Hunter. I really enjoyed playing it on the Atari 8-bit computer, and I actually bought it. It was an original game I had on the Atari 8-bit computer, and it's a game you play with two joysticks because there's so many controls on it. You only normally on, a, on an 8-bit computer, you only had the stick and one button. And I think you used the other stick, left, right, up and down, for the different weapons. I used to play it with two yeah. sticks. I used to love it on the Atari 8-bit, but the actual arcade version is rock hard. It's really, really difficult. Mm. And the music is brilliant on that game. That's the best part of it. Breaks down for fun. Yeah, it's not, not a very reliable game at all. And next we have another Atari classic, Star Wars. This is an incredible game, and it's still got appeal to people today because of the franchise i suppose but it is just an amazing game no it is i don't think it is you know it is i'll always have a quick go of star wars and i'll loop it because it's very easy to loop and i just get bored of it because it's just i know it's the same thing over and over again like a lot of old arcade games but i get very bored of it because after a few loops all you're doing is shooting fireballs just to stop them hitting you and you can't really shoot anything because it's so quick I get really bored of it. And it's another game like Major Havoc, which is a very expensive, very collectible game. I'll never own one unless I can find one really stupidly cheap. But I'd just sell it because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play it that much. I know it's a sought-after <laughs> cabinet. And it does look like it's a nice-looking cabinet, especially the cockpit version. But it's one of those games that's so expensive to, and it's hard to keep running and all this sort of stuff, as with a lot of the colour vectors. I wouldn't even bother with it. I've just had mm. enough of it. Yeah, it's too popular for me. Yeah, it's never going to... I think it's if there's two arcade machines that are still selling in a thousand years, this would be one of them. Yeah. Anyway, Tapper is the next one from Bally Midway. Quite a, an original game with an original control scheme and a nice little lever on the on the panels. This is another game uh, that was, I think it was from US Gold, it had the same packaging as Spy Hunter, the same sort of era. You used to play this on the Atari 8-bit computers. Really good yeah. version on there as well. I quite like Tapper. I'm not very good at it, though. But I do like it. Let's have a quick go of it. Mm. Right, we've got two more. Track and Field from Konami, which is still a favourite now, still a crowd pleaser. Great to play with, with some mates. It's one uh, of those games I played so much as a kid, I can't play it anymore. I played I it all nearly every day at lunchtime at school. I used to play it because it was in the youth club. We used to go there for lunch and stuff. And I played it every day. So I've got totally bored of it nowadays. And I can I can never do the hammer. I can never do the hammer throw. There's a certain knack to that. I just can't do it. Yeah, so I, I never play track and field anymore or hypersports. Because I played so much hypersports on the Spectrum. Because the Spectrum version is really, really good. And I played that all the time as a kid. So I just cannot play it anymore. I've just played it too much. It was too good. Too good. Mm, I've had enough of it, yeah. It's too energetic. <laughs> yeah. And the last one, Up and Down from Sega. A Charlie Farr favourite, he likes this, and it's one I want to try and get into. It's quite a good little game. It's like an isometric view with a little bug, a little bug car, and you pick the flags up. Is that the one? Yeah. Yes, it's a very good game. I like it. I like that one. Yeah, you can easily jump off the track. It's quite a a sort of difficult thing. Yeah, and your your wheels fall off and you die. Oh, I hate it when your wheels fall off. 
So my best game of 1983, without a doubt, I didn't even have to think about it, is Juno first. Hmm. You I'm haven't filled sure. yours in. I haven't filled mine in, so I have to sort of do it on the fly, aren't I? I'm not sure, really. I'm sure there's lots of other 1983 games that I must have liked. I can't think at the minute. Can I get back to you on that? Can we, can we do no. a review on that next time? I'm going to. No. I'm going to do it. I've got to fill it in for, for the website. We don't fill it in on the website. It's on the website. Do you not it's, look at our website? No, never. <laughs> I, I actually create the website, so of course I look at it, you idiot. Best game by year? Yeah. It's on there. Well, I will have to fill it in a little bit later, and we'll talk about it next time, because I haven't had time to do this, unfortunately. I'm going to put Juno first on for now, then. You right. can put Juno first. I'm sure there's some in your list that you've missed off here. I'm sure, because 1983 was a good year. I was 10. Yeah, have a look through then. I will. Yeah. Arcade quiz time. Right, this is the Mastermind Arcade quiz. We've had the flyer quiz. We've had the music quiz. So this is the Mastermind quiz. It is, Victor Marland, yes. 10 quick fire questions. You have 90 seconds to answer these questions. And in the style of Mastermind... Your name is? Vincent Marmite. <laughs> and your occupation? Joystick Wiggler. <laughs> and your specialist subject? Vintage video arcade games from 1972 to 2000. Right. You have 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on your specialist subject starting now. This this year marks... N- N- <laughs> it's not going to be 90 seconds. Yet. This year marks SNK's 40th anniversary. Name their first arcade release. You can pass. Oh, that's a Space Invaders game, isn't it? Yep. Oh, you pig. Pass. Okay. Atari licensed Kangaroo from which company? Sun. Yes. Nintendo, founded in 1889, originally made their fortune producing what? Hanafuda cards. Yes. This is an odd one. Who produced an obscure 1983 maze game, Dommy? Dommy? D-O-M-I? D-O-M-M-Y. Pass. Pass. What year was Sega's Wonder Boy released? 85. 86. How many stages are there in Konami's Road Fighter? 16. (laughs) Six? Oh. Thunder Force AC is a port of which Sega Mega Drive game? Oh... Oh, no. I didn't know that because they did that on Maximum Power Up a little while ago and they did the shooters. I don't know. Okay. Do you want to pass? Yes, pass. Name the third game in the Midway series, starting off with Cruising USA and Cruising World. What's the third one? Cruising Exotica. You got it? Yes. You ran out of time. I got that one. I think I think we should do two minutes. It's too quick, that, isn't it? Okay. Well, anyway, I'll how many on, more? Anyway. How many more um, are there to do? Yeah, two. You've got two. Two. Go on, to let's do. do them. Which genre of game is Cetus Arbalester? It's a vertical shooter. Yes. Name the 1981 Defender clone that had its production halted by Williams for copyright infringement. Mayday. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I didn't know you get that. Yeah. Right, you passed. You passed on three. First one. What was the SNK's first arcade release. Was it was it a Space Invaders clone? Yeah. 
Oh, I wouldn't know. Had different levels. Different levels? Yeah, it's one of the first games to have different levels in it. Okay, what is it? Ozma Wars. Oh, I do know the game, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. isn't it rather like Space Launcher? You've got no, to screen and back down again. It is Space Invaders, but the different waves come at you. Oh, okay. And who produced the... This is a really hard one. Obscure 1983 maze game, Dommy. Oh, was it some like... Well, not Cita, because we talked about them earlier, didn't we? Dommy. Yeah. I've heard of the game before. Who did it? Technos. Oh, right, okay. Technos became... Tekan, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Technos did no, no, Double Tec- Dragon. Tekan became became Tecmo, I think. Oh, okay. So Technos did Double Dragon. I know that. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, they did. Thunder Force AC is a port of which Sega Mega Drive game? Oh, there's like three and four of them, isn't there? Yeah, have a uh, guess. I can't think of the name. Um, it is a Thunder Force game. It is called Thunder Force somehow. I don't know. It's Thunder Force 3. Oh, is that it? I knew there yeah. was a few of them. Ah, I didn't realise so, you just changed the AC to, to number or 3 to AC or whatever it is. Okay. We might have we might have to work on the time. I think that was two I think minutes. I think two minutes is going to be a good standard. Yeah. And the ones Anyways, I'm going to do for you next time are going to be rock hard. Yeah, these these are hard. I'm surprised you got some of them. So you got one, two, three, four, five out of ten. Oh, that's three poor. Passes. That's poor, isn't it? I'm surprised you got Mayday and Arbalester. Yep. I'm surprised you got them too. Do you know why I know Arbalester? Because I have the PCB of it. Oh, It came nice. in that raid, and it's one of the ones that actually works. Does it work? Right. One of them works. So, yeah, well, I think it actually works. It's one of the few, very few that worked. So I would know that just from recently trying it out. Right, that's a good little quiz, Mr. Holly. I think, I think two minutes is going to be a better time, isn't it? Yeah, we're just we're just tweaking this one, kids. Yeah, we'll so. tweak it up. Yeah, good good one. I'm gonna ask you questions like, what was the the, the janitor's name at Midway in 1984 or something like that? That's Dave Janitor. Dave Everyone Janitor, you would have got that. I won't yeah. ask that one next time. That's really good though. That's a good quiz. I like I like quizzes. I do like a good quiz. Mm-hmm. Featured game review. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast and do the featured game review. And this was my pick. Uh, this mm-hmm. is Ms. Pac-Man by Midway, with a speed-up or the turbo hack, which increases your avatar speed around the maze, but not the ghosts. There is some contention as to whether the bad guys in Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man are ghosts or monsters. We're going with ghosts, as A, they look like colourful ghosts, yeah. and the arcade manual says that they are. On the original Pac-Man flyer, they are referred to as ghost monsters. Mm. Yeah, but in the actual flyer, oh sorry, the the manual, they are known as ghosts. Mm. It runs on Pac-Man hardware, oddly enough, with an extra daughter board on the original, and requires a four-way stick to play. Only buttons you need are one and two player start buttons. Uh, Pac-Man hardware is Z80 based and is a vertical game with screen res of two twenty-four by two eighty-eight, which is a magical screen resolution from some of those old games. It is. I love it. Originally, I think I'm sure a lot of people will know this already. If you don't, bear with me. Uh, originally started life as a hack to Pac-Man called Crazy Otto. Uh, Namco originally developed the original Pac-Man and Midway distributed it in North America. Uh, Ms. Pac-Man was famously developed as a hack by GCC as Crazy Otto, which your character looked a bit like an anthropomorphic Pac-person who actually had legs. This character has better animation than just a round thing with a mouth. You can actually see the back and front of the character as, they, as he goes up and down. 
When Otto loses a life, he spins around on his axis and then falls over. The antagonists are a cuter version of the Pac-Man ghosts too. GCC had just been battered by Atari's lawyers for making Super Missile Command without the original copyright owner's permission. So this time they went to Midway to sell the idea to them. Because I think there was something in the the suing the, or the the lawyers said that they had to, if they were going to make hacks to games, they were allowed to do it, but they had to have the original programmer's permission, the original company's permission. Mm-hmm. So this time they took the game to Midway uh, to sell their idea to them. So Midway was desperate to get another smash hit Pac-Man game out or pac kind of game out. So they took it. They changed the sound and visuals a bit, and Ms. Pac-Man was born. After working out the title a little bit, some pathetic issues were brought up about how Ms. Pac and Pac weren't married, and they had a stork deliver a baby Pac-Man. Come on, A80s. Get into the 90s, goodness sake. Mm. It was a bit silly, that. There are also rumours that Namco did not authorise Midway to release Ms. Pac, but I think this story is false, as Namco apparently had input to some of the changes Midway made to Crazy Otto. Right, because I think Ms. Pac-Man didn't didn't come out on any of the Namco compilations for a long, long time because it wasn't really considered one of their games. I think they've adopted it now. It's very, mm. very popular. So to play Ms. Pac-Man, if you've not lived in, if you've lived in a cave all your life, this is going to be relevant to you. It's the same as Pac-Man. If you've lived in a cave all your life and haven't played Pac-Man, come out of the cave and go and play Pac-Man. <laughs> It's the same game as Pac-Man, uh, you know, go around eating all the dots. The only thing different about Ms. Pac-Man is that the fruit bonuses bounce around the screen rather than being st- staying in the centre position of the screen. And the monsters, or the ghosts, have semi-random patterns, disallowing you to pl- pattern play the game like you can with Pac-Man. The game also has four different mazes, whereas Pac-Man was the same all throughout the game. It also has a quite a few bugs later on, including the level 256 kill screen where the fruit number goes mental after it rolls that magic 256 figure. But there's also bugs before that, way before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, eat all the dots. Avoid being caught with four monsters. Eat moving snacks for bonus points. Eat one of the four corner power pills to turn the tables on the monsters. You were temporarily powered up sufficiently to nom the now scaredy blue ghosts. But beware, the power pill effect doesn't last long. On Ms. Pack, the blue time gets shorter until the timer is reset after a few levels of getting harder. Eventually, you get no blue time at all, and the ghosts just reverse their chase pattern for a little bit. The fruits increase in point value until the Nana, worth 5,000 points. Then you get a random fruit bonus for every other level past the Nana level. On this version we are playing, your character moves a lot faster than normal, allowing easier and more fun play. There is a pretzel, which is not a fruit. You're dead right. Unless it's a pretzel filled with apples. Be an apple pretzel. Apple pretzel. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They just added a little weird thing that wasn't a fruit into there. But even mm. in the manual, it says fruits. And it obviously is a pretzel there as well. Mm. So tips and secrets on this game. Uh, use the tunnels to slow down the ghosts that are catching you up. When you go through a tunnel, you go through at normal speed, and the ghosts actually slow down going through the tunnels. Same as Pac-Man. Try and group the ghosts before eating the power pill and when they're nearly upon you. So when the, the blue time gets shorter, it's easier to get all the ghosts because you get decent points for getting all four. And it obviously sends them back to the centre so it gives you a bit of time to, to move around and get the power pills. But if you try and group them, it's a lot better. Use cornering in the maze. Now, you didn't know what cornering was, did you? No, I didn't know what you meant, no. Well, when you move... Ms. Pack around the maze, if you just tap left, she'll continue going left until she hits a wall. So you don't have to hold the joystick to the left. 
But when you, you're going towards a wall and there's an up position, if you press up before you get to the wall, she'll actually go around the corner quicker. She'll sort of radius around the corner rather than stopping and then going the other way. She'll sort of continue moving around the corner at the same speed. And you can actually mm. gain a little bit of speed on the ghost when they're chasing you when you do this. Same as Pac-Man. John Studley, our famous Pac-Man player, told me all about cornering. Right, I know what you mean. I do yeah. know what you mean. When ghosts have been nommed and everything stops, except for the returning ghost to their centre pen, use this time wisely for working out what you're going to do next or which way to turn. Use the power pills to also stop the monsters chasing you to allow you to get those last few dots. Right, these are some tips from Sean Courtney, the Pie Factory podcast guy. Who's He's a been very stre- good player at this. He's very been streaming good. it, and I've been watching his streams very good. Me too. Stop chasing the blue ghosts after they have flashed blue and white for eight times, because they're going to change. This is earlier on in the game, until the second maze after the banana. Sometimes they only flash four times ah. and return to normal. Yep. It, it, it's sort of... I've watched a bit more since writing this, and it's on and off. Sometimes they flash eight, sometimes they flash four, and he's played it so much he knows which mazes. Yeah, he's very good. He's going to do that. And he said, leave a bit of dotage away from the last energizer, so you don't accidentally eat all the dots after eating the last energizer and leave complete the level. Leave a little bit of dotage, dear. Leave some before, dotage for later. Before getting the ghost, I've done that so many times, thinking I'm going to chase you, ghost. I'm going to chase you, and the and game just the... stops because you've done the level. And I've eaten the last last dot. Yes, stupid boldy fool. Don't directly chase the monster monsters. Don't chase the monsters. Chase the monsters. The, the mon. Don't chase monsters. It's dangerous. No. Monsters <laughs> is what you need to change. Don't directly chase the monsters when they are blue too much. Catch them at intersections. He he, he didn't. It's very clever what he would do, and he wasn't going directly after them. He sort of headed them off at the pass kind of thing. We'll head them off at the pass! Mm, good, good phrase. If you are boxed in, keep going. You may just pass right through a ghost. This is a bug present on numerous early Pac-Man games, but maybe occurs more often here due to the speed of this game. I've done that quite a few times playing this. Once. I've managed oh, really? it once. I've done it quite a few times, yeah. Mm. Sean has areas in each maze that he calls danger zones, explained in the video we've linked below. Clear these first so you don't get trapped later on. The graphics on this game are very simple, colourful and functional, I say. Mm. Uh, improved on the original, I reckon, uh, as the mazes yeah. change shape and colour during the game. There's some good little tunes in there, nice intermissions like the original. actually prefer Crazy Otto. I've put a link in the show notes for someone who can watch Crazy Otto. I know someone who doesn't actually have the Crazy Otto original ROMs, uh, but wow. the original owners at uh, GCC do not want them in MAME, so it's unlikely you're ever going to play them. But the ROM holder, who I know who is, I won't say his name just in case he doesn't want to be known, he actually takes them to show sometimes and installs them on a put on a board in the machine. So you can actually play it, but you won't be able to own them and play them at home, that's all. Right. But it's, it's a decent little game. It looks quite fun. Now, there's different cabinets to Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, gorgeous for all machines. All, all of them are really nice. There was yeah. a full upright, a cabaret, and a cocktail. 
Uh, the prototype cocktail that was actually sold recently on eBay is a thing of beauty. I was going to bid on that, but it, it went for over £900. It's a really flat table-shaped oh. thing. It's lovely. I'll put a picture on the show notes. So the original upright is is light blue, pink and yellow. Really nice stencil graphics on the side of it. Same shape as a Pac-Man. It's a really lovely cabinet, and the joystick on it's really nice. Playing on that machine is the best experience of playing Ms. Pac-Man. Mm. And recently, when I was in America, I played a cabaret, which is a wood-sided one, very similar to the Gallagher and Bosconian games that come in the same cabinet. It's the same cabinet, same cabaret. And it's a nicer right. machine, I think, than the, the, the Pac-Man cabaret, because I don't like the shape of the Pac-Man cabaret very much, but the Ms. Pac-Man's really nice. The table machine is a sim- similar midway table, same as um, Galaxian, same as Space Invaders. Really nice table, upright, quite tall, 119-inch monitor in it. In it. So, yeah, and there was also some later versions of Ms. Pac-Man and the Gallagher. I think this is the class of 81. Yeah. Where the cabinet has got split down the middle of the graphics. So the left-hand side is Ms. Pac-Man with the pink and blue and yellow and a maze on the front of it. And on the right-hand side is the Gallagher graphics. It's quite a nice mm. little thing, actually. It looks a bit odd, but it's good. So trivia, there's quite a lot of trivia to this game. There is the same tile bug in Ms. Pac-Man that is in Pac we talked about earlier when you go through the ghosts. I presume they never bothered to bug fix it. It did use the same code, obviously. It enables you to pass through a ghost when it enters a tile that you were on. Uh, Billy Mitchell has shown this time and time again. It's just an easy glitch to use if you know how. I've done it quite a few times by accident. I don't know how to do it on purpose, but I've done it quite a few times by accident. There is a Ms. Pac-Man Easter egg I didn't know about until I researched it. Um, You enter service mode and quickly toggle it off and on. A video alignment grid will appear, a rug... And you hold down player one start and player two start and toggle service mode off and on again. If you've done it right, the grid will stay on screen. And now using the joystick, press up four times, left four times, right four times, down four times. And you get a Made by Namco appear on the screen Mm -hmm. in red power pellets. Thing is, it wasn't really made by Namco, was it? It was GCC. Mm. So I'm not sure if that was left in from Pac-Man, maybe? I don't know. Uh, and if you look at the end of the text on the ROM of this game, you've got to go into a, a not a dissimilar, a ROM, whatever you look to look at the text. Uh, and right at the end of the ROM memory, which is 0x97D0 to 0x97FF, a popular place to be, Sean, don't you know? Mm. A small message from programmer Steve Golson can be read. General Computer Corporation. Hello, Nakamura. Nakamura was the Namco president i suppose was yes it? that's a bit of a cheeky yeah. thing isn't it if they weren't supposed to be using that Ooh, mm. I don't know. there are also a bunch of really odd bugs that occur after level 134 i've linked a very interesting article to don hodge's page explaining about the upside down maze bugs slowing down monsters bugs and actually fixing the bugs which can enable the game to have a proper 256 level split screen just like her male counterpart Without any fixes, the game resets at about 800,000 points, regardless. Right. So I've put that in the show notes. This game came out, obviously, in the arcade and on nearly everything you can think of. Toasters, microwaves, feminine hygiene products, everywhere had Ms. Pac-Man. The Atari Lynx version added a fourth cutscene to the game and a speed-up power pellet, rather like what we're playing now. And also, there was a speed-up pill in Pac-Mania. The later Pac mm. game, remember? Yep. Uh, Tengen, or Tengen, took care of the Mega Drive, Master System, and NES versions, and Williams Electronics did the SNES version. These expanded on the game a little bit with extra mazes and faster play with the booster pill. 
They also introduced a fun two-player game, which is a lot of fun, where you can play cooperatively or competitively. This version also ended at level 32, when you get a goodbye screen from the pack couple, so you can actually finish the game. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a standalone Jack-specific handheld game, which plugs into a TV, which is actually a decent version, and it's got a twisty joystick to use on there, because you've got pole position on the same little machine. Wow. And you use the, the twist as an analogue steering wheel for pole position. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice, apparently. That's one of the, the better Jack-specific games to have. Coleco also made a beautiful tabletop VFD game, along with a few other mini arcade machines. All of them are lovely and quite impressive using that sort of uh, technology. I think there's a Galaxian, a Frogger, a Gallagher, maybe a Space Invaders as well. There's quite a few in those little upright cabinets, really nice little machines. Modern machines and computers are always getting anniversary compilations where you can play the Lady Pill Guzzler. The arcade even got this as well with Class of 81. And I think there was a later version as well, weren't there? Where you can play Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man and Gallagher together. 25th anniversary thing, was there? It might well have been the 25th one, yeah. It's got a huge screen. It's got a big 25-inch CRT screen. It's massive. So the scoring on this game, uh, a dot is just as lowly 10 points. Power Pill is 50 points. In the first ghost is 100 points, and then each ghost in succession is 400, 800, and a whopping 1,600 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first bonus fruit, cherry, is worth 100, then a strawberry is 200, orange 500, pretzel 700, apple 1,000, pear 2,000, and the banana 5,000 points. So don't miss out any bananas. A lot, lot of points. A lot of points. So before we get on to the scores, last show, Dave flinched to put a score on Ghosts and Goblins that I ignored. Sorry, Dave, but it was because he was playing Dai Makamura, which is a Japanese version of the game. We should, we, we should throw him in a box without any food or water for doing that. How dare you? I don't know if it's harder. I think maybe it's harder than what we were playing, which if, if oh, that is at all possible. Blimey, Charlie, I hope not. Yeah, the Japanese versions are usually more difficult, aren't they? Oh yes. Right, so the scores from bottom to top. Bottom we have had to top. 44 players. Woo! It's been quite a popular one, hasn't it? Yeah. Has anyone actually bad-mouthed it at all? I don't think they have, have they? Everyone's quite enjoyed it. A couple of them, but, but not much. Right, we have Boom Go Pinball's Wife. Exploding, Exploding Pinball Pim- Woman. Yeah. Good name. Thank you for playing. 6,990, and she's doing some custom Miss Pac-Man art for his cocktail table, some hand-drawn art. Oh, cool. Nice one. Fair nice. Woody, 17,410. Ed, one of Ed's players. Andy M, 20,540. Paul McCaskey, 22,730. This game is bonkers. It's much more fun being faster. Mm. Another one of Ed's people, Andy K, 24,750. Uh, another one, John, 25,490. Another one, Ronan, 26,230. Another one, Steve, 27,490. Exploding Pimble Man, 27,660. This is probably the best old dude. Put- Mark, insert many coins, 27,940. Never been a fan of the Pac-Man games, but the speed hack has certainly made this more enjoyable than I was expecting. Mm, Stuart Time Warp, the Time Warp arcade owner, cool. has taken time out from owning the arcade to play in this that, game. As he should. I as think you can own should. an arcade and play a game at the same time. Absolutely. I think you can. 29320, this is as good as I'll get. Seems to be getting worse the harder I try. Not helped by a sloppy eight-way stick. You can't play eight-way. Yeah, this game you have, 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 have got to have a four-way stick. So, mm. Stuart, put a four-way in, see how good you get. 
Eric. Ooh, I'm a banana. I love doing that. 41,060. I enjoyed talking to Eric yesterday as well. So cheers, Eric. Uh, he was playing on a laptop, which is giving him his, his... He has a lot of RSI with his wrists. So he's using right. the cursor cluster. So this is my only submission. So that's good playing with cursors. Quite like the pace and does feel a little bit like Nibbler because of the speed. Quite enjoyed this, though. 41,060 on the keyboard. So well done. Mm. Another game in wife. Poor game in wives. Cheers, Jimmy. 41,350. We didn't actually say in the notes, but Ms. Pac-Man was very popular with females back in the yeah. day. I think it was sort of done to, to get girls to play games anyway, but I, I think girls were playing games anyway. I remember girls yeah. in the arcade all the time. A retro mash, 43,910. Great fun, like the good bit in Alibaba. So hard to go back to playing the original after playing this one. Yeah, good point. Mm. Mark Bell, 45,480. Could only play this on my retro pie with a SNES controller, and it was very hard. Ooh. Arcade hand became a problem very quickly. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend playing this with a, a D-pad either. It's not good. Uh, Brian Haribo, 45,620. Sorry, No. Along with Hunt Stanton, this joins my list of things I'm never going to do again. He must be the only person who didn't like it. Oh, dear. Damien IW, 46100. Never played with this with a speed hack. It's so frantic. It's awesome. But I definitely think I need to try the keyboard. D-pad is too slow for this. Definitely. I did quite well with the laptop keyboard, you know. Did you? Yeah, I got 90,000 with the laptop keyboard. That's not good, mate. That is, <laughs> not, that is not good. Oh, dear. <laughs> Let me get this ready. Where are we? Rob Player Missile, 51,120. First time playing the speed-up version. Thumbs up from me. Downside, the need to change direction so quickly seems like will lead to arcade hand in pretty short order. Well, Mm. Mr. Rob Player Missile is an American, and I can't believe this is the first time playing the speed-up. Whenever you play Ms. Pac-Man in America, every time I've ever played, it's always been the speed-up version. Always. Right. It was very, very popular. So kind of, kind of odd that he hasn't seen that before. Yeah. I mean, yeah, arcade hand, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Needs Matthew to use Pont. the cornering, like I said. Still, still hurts. Matthew Pont, 52.790. Relegation battle looming, I suspect. It's on about the score table. Uh, Neil, 20 to 5, 52,990. Only because your better looking trolley alter ego bullied me, I had another go. He still doesn't like it. Neil, you're going to be shoved in that box again, mate. Oh, oh Rob Carpenter, 55,650. In the wor- words of ACDC, too many women and too many pills. I've managed to squeeze modern-day divorcee, now known as Miss Pac-Man, over the 50,000 mark. Fuse, but... Ross Ross, 56,840, had one go during a break from painting. It's fast. I quite like it. Mm. Tactical Giles, 64,110, finally got my main cab up and running. Good job, too, because this game is unplayable without a four-way stick. Absolutely. Carl Parry, 66,050. I'll keep playing this. The speed-up hacks makes all the difference. Who'd have thunk it? Aye. Chris Mooncrest, the bootleg, 69,460. Not a fan of Maze games, but giving it a try. Well, thank you for trying. Rob Player Missile, neighbour number one. This is his next-door neighbour, 75,830. Uh, Name but number one, after one beer, mind you, got 75,830. He seems to pass my high score on the first Ms. Pack. I'm still at 51,000. Me plus one beer, 19,000. At that ratio, he's a 200k player without beers. So beers <laughs> were involved in that. How dare Mr. N- neighbour number one coming around and beating his score? That's just not on, is it? 
Ooh. Another one of Ed's people, I asked him if he's the office manager and he's forcing them all to play it, but he's not. All right. Anna, 76-700. Good score. A Ben of Steel. Is he a superhero? I don't know. I'm sure he's got his own Netflix thing, Ben of Steel. He can get a Marvel Cinematic Netflix series. I bet if I walked out the out of this house and picked up a dog in the streets and stopped it from getting run over, I would get my own Netflix series. I think you as might. A Marvel... See, but there's that many of them. I just, I just have to switch him off. Beard man. Yes, beardy fool. He got seventy eight thousand one hundred and twenty. Really struggling with the fast cornering on an eight-way stick. Oh, same again. Contemplating disassembling the cab to change to four-way. Can ten pence arcade me confirm we will only play four-way games in the future season? Have to turn it back. Well, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> Ian Cullen, ninety-two thousand and ten points. One of Ed's people, Phil, ninety-nine thousand five hundred and forty. Good, good points. It's a good player, is Phil. This is me. Oh, I... Just a sec, I'm getting ready. Yeah, you know, you pinged me. You pinged me. I didn't. That was just hitting the ping when I picked the hooter up. <laughs> I got 102,750. I must admit, I haven't been playing games as much. Oh, this, don't give me that. Oh, this tosh. season. This uh, Can we call it a season? I haven't been putting the time into them because of other things that are going on personally and yes. within the arcade world, which one will be revealed. But, but you were yes, the, the first the lowest guy to get in the 100,000 club, so well done on that. Oh, I'm glad I got Yes, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get 100,000. Little goals, yeah. Uh, Tagster, 115,990. Just enough to get in front of 10 pence arcade. No, he wasn't. And Sean Holly. <laughs> I just didn't put my second you. score on Tagster. Ha <laughs> ha. He is Jimmy... 117.280, playing on a 96 in one. I'm really not keen on the speed up. Eating on speed is cheating. Oh, he's got a 96 in one. That is a really nice add-on board for a Pac-Man board. And it plays lots of different versions of Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. Super Globs on there, which is a great game done on, on Pac-Man hardware. That is a nice one to have, I am Jimmy. Nice one. Uh, Ed Horse, 125,630. Way better and fun than the original speed. I think everyone says that. Steve Tyke, 126-240. I'm done, he put. He played it and got a decent score. Played it a week later and increased his score by a 1,000 or something. Oh, that'll do. So he's he's not sort of improving, so he's put, I'm done. Nick Silversmurf, 127,850. Insanely fast. Could only play on the keyboard. 89-way stick, not having it. I think that's a typo. 8-way stick, not having it. An 89-way stick would be a massive stick, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Millions of micro switches on the bottom of it. So, one hundred and thirty-seven oh ninety. And can you please do this comment in the voice of Sol? Of course. This speed jack gives it a bonky shooting up Twitchfield. Me likey. <laughs> no he speaks. It oh, is. This is me, also known as Vincent Vinekleiner Marmite. One hundred and forty-four thousand four hundred. Can I just give you uh, give you? and especially Tagster, in your face. Oh, I don't like it. There you go. I could probably get more than that, actually. I just I haven't played it that much. 144,400. It's beaten the... I think I, did, I think I did that on the, the 60 in one, actually. I have got me, me board for it, which doesn't save the high scores, and the 60 in one does save the high score. So, yeah, 144,400 for me. I was trying on my 61, and then the little mini bar top, on it, and the stick still wasn't as good. 
So eventually I went back to my cab and that Samitsu stick, it was the best in the end. Yes. I think a, a, yeah. a short throw, stiffer stick, like the original the original stick on the Pac-Man machine, I played one at Davos, it was me a few weeks ago, is the best way to play it. It's a really nice stick for that. It's just, mm. it's perfect for the game. It's perfect. Yeah. So at Delusionals Arcade, thanks for playing. 147.970. Not bad for my first 10p score attempt. I'm using a custom four-way micro, micro switch joystick modified Hap Super on my main cab. I wonder if nice you mean one. Suzo. Does he mean Hap Suzo? Yeah, yeah. Same same company. I think they merged, yeah. Mm. Uh, ben Granville, 169,050. Speed up gameplay reminds me of Nibbler. He's another guy who said it uh, reminds me of Nibbler. Mm. Troll and Anti's are very good at this. 199.860. Improvement, but not quite 200k. Ooh, no cigar. Uh, Charlie Farr, 234,290. Love the speed. Makes me want to play Nibbler again, but I don't like the random fruits after the banana level. I didn't even know they were random. I, yeah, I yeah after wh- the banana, they just, just gives you a random one every now and again. Might work that out. In second place is Pyfetch Sean with a fantastically high... 294 480 and he's put well lads this will have to be it so close damned controller wins again because he was saying that he has he's actually got seven hundred and sixty thousand on this yeah he's a, he's a really i think he might be the arcade world champion on speed up miss pac-man yeah and he's, he's saying you just you have to play it on a proper cab it's just as the, the, the tiniest bit of lag that you get with a USB stick mm. makes all the makes all the difference. Because he was playing, I think, with a USB Atari twenty six hundred stick, mm. which is not the best stick in the world. It really isn't. So that's excellent. I could hear him. The micro switch is clicking. So I think he's tried two different sticks. Oh, maybe yeah. yeah. Uh, but the runaway winner here by ten thousand points is Sal Buglirisi. Sal is wow. a dark horse, isn't he? Yes. And we we used his comments earlier. So you got 304,810 points. So well done, Sal. Obviously a good game. He was good at it as a kid, good at it now. That is a, an incredible score. Well very done. Very good, very good. So I don't really think there's many improvements for this game, for what it is. Uh, this game with the speed up is, I think, perfect. It's great for kids as it's a little easier and great for adults as you can get pretty decent score and a longish game out of it. And the later levels are still quite challenging. Yeah. When you get the no blue time and the, and the small blue time and they get quicker, it's still quite challenging. This version of Ms. Pac-Man is more common in the US than regular speed up, than regular Pac-Man in my experience. This is why there is a dip switch setting on the later class of 81 and the reunion type cabs to turn it on and off. It was not just a mm. hack, you can actually turn it on and off. A few extra mazes would have been nice, and maybe some extra power pill fruits, or even power downs to add a little extra. Uh, this game is still very old, so probably couldn't have had that many more features in it anyway, because it is 81, was it? Mm. Bullets? Cut some bullets? No. No bullets. Okay. I have put a really enjoyable game. Is this one of the rare occasions where a hacked game is actually better than the original? And first I put, no. It's not as balanced as the original, really, and wouldn't have made operators any money had it been released in 1981. But after I wrote this, I've gone back and played the original Miss Pac-Man, and it's mm. like playing with treacle. Yeah, and I just it's like wading it. through treacle, isn't it? It's, it's not so fun. I've changed my comment here, thinking, saying, yes, it is better than the original. I've really enjoyed playing this. It's brilliant fun to play. Mm. I, I think it would have done well back in the day, but if they maybe charged two credits for a game, so you know the game obviously lasts a bit longer, and if they got twice as much money for it, 
people wouldn't have minded playing because they're getting the longer game and the operators are getting more money. I don't know if it worked, but they just have to try it out, I suppose. But yeah, I, I think it would have worked quite well. And that's why it's still working nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun to be had with this game. But when you go back to the normal speed, it is painfully slow. It feels it that way. It? It's horrible. Because I'm no good at Pac-Man and, and, and even any of the Pac games, where apart from Pac-Mania, I'm not bad at Pac-Mania, because they are quite difficult and you've got to work out patterns and strategies. With this one, you just shoot around the maze as quick as possible. You don't really have to think too much. It's just a fun, silly little game which you can whiz around and have, have a good go on. I really enjoyed playing it. I've, I've always enjoyed Ms. Pac-Man. I think it's better than Pac-Man, in my opinion, because it's got a little bit of difference to it with the different mazes. Because mm, Pac-Man yeah. is just a similar thing over and over again, isn't it? Yeah, and this has that random element where you can't pattern them. So. Mm, yeah, which is interesting. They, they, they sort of fixed that to stop people playing it for hours on end. Yeah. Mm. Mm, very good. Good pick, that. Next show's game. Oh, I say... I'll let you do <laughs> You've this not bit. seen this, have you? No, I haven't. I wanted you to play Raiden because now I can beat you on it. But you've changed. Oh, uh, go on, tell the listeners what we're going to be playing next time. You, you can pick Raiden. Anyway, right, this is my pick. I've, I've, I've got a short list of about 20 games and I've been mm-hmm. playing them all. And I'm going to pick Aliens. From Alan's? Konami. Alan's. A we're whole say Alan's bunch up. of Alan's. From Konami 1990, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. The ROM is Aliens World Set 1. Mm-hmm. After testing this on a Raspberry Pi 3, I know quite a few of our players use that. It works fine on Final Burn Alpha, Advanced MAME, MAME 2003, and MAME for All. I've tried okay. it on all of them, and it seems to play fine. Okay. Default settings, two lives, normal difficulty, there's no extra lives, and no continues, please, kids. Is this a fight-and-go-right game? It, well, shooting as well. Yeah, but it's the sort of scrolling left to right, taking out baddies and stuff. There's, there's 3D versions like the Shinobi Shuriken level with bits like that. Oh, and, really? I don't really yeah. think I've... I've know, I know the game, but I don't think I've played much of it, so this will be interesting. Yeah, it's been it's one I've thought about doing for a while, and it's, it's quite nice to play. It's not as difficult as the ones we've been playing lately. Hopefully. I wouldn't have thought this was a game for you, but, oh, cool. Yeah, I wanted. I didn't want to do another vertical shooter. I wanted something a bit different. Mm, okay, fair enough. Mm. Fair Submit enough. your score on Twitter with hashtag 10pscore or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post. Pictures, please. Deadline for score submissions. We are going to be at Revival on the 19th and 20th. So I reckon mm-hmm. if we have the deadline as Friday the 18th of May. Yes. At... 5pm UK time? Yeah, so you've got a little bit less time to play this, just under two weeks. Okay. And I think that, yeah, I think that'd be better for us, wouldn't it, so we can talk yes. about it. And talking of revival in Walsall, not Wolverhampton, on the 19th and 20th, we will be there. Come and say hello. Uh, we're going to be on a talk panel on Sunday afternoon with fellow podcasters. You can sit in, in the audience and heckle us. Please don't do that. Troll nads. <laughs> no, I think he's going. He'll heckle us to death. Just, uh, oh. just a word on the ten p high score league table. No, no, no. I'm not even on it. So why do we need to do this? Well, I'm not hardly <laughs> on it. But we've played seven games this year. Charlie Farr's winning. Mm-hmm. Sol is in second place. Mm-hmm. Sal is in third place. Wow. Mark Mosquito's in fourth place, despite only playing three games and get winning them all. Wow. 
One, two, three, four. I'm in fifth. Nick Silver Smurf is in sixth. Trollnad seven. Mark Bell eight. Steve Tyke nine. And one of Ed's guys, Phil, oh, wow. is ten- tenth. I'm not even on the list at the moment. God knows I've done. I don't care. No, it's just a bit of fun. Isn't it? I don't give two. <laughs> anyway, go to Revival in two weeks' time and come and say hello to us in person. Bring biscuits. Yes, we want. Do we want posh biscuits? We do this time, don't we? Yeah. Don't know none of your rubbish custard cream rubbish. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you in ooh, possibly three weeks' time because of revival being in the way. We probably won't get a podcast on that week, will we? We could do bits at revival like we've done in the past. So we're not sure at the moment because I've got to edit it as well. You see. Hmm. Can you edit it? When driving back home. Yeah, I'll just edit on the fly on the way away. Yeah, no mm. problem. You idiot. Just stick your laptop on your dashboard. That's not allowed. Anyway, talk to mm. you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you, kids. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 Arcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly we'd love to hear from you for game suggestions arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered 